in no time at all, I had built a small shop. Then I chopped down a truffula tree with one chop. What you doing in my tree stump, buddy? Your tree stump? Your tree stump? Mister, I am the Lorax. I speak for the... Forget it. I don't really need the stump. You can have it, little fellow. the cuffs. A thing of beauty is a joy forever. Now, uh, uh, who'd you say you were, little fella? Mister, I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. I speak for the trees, for the trees have no tongues. And I'm asking you, sir, at the top of my lungs, that that thing, that horrible thing that I see, what's that thing you've made out of my truffula tree? Look, Lorax, calm down. There's no cause for alarm. I chopped down just one tree. I'm doing no harm. This thing is most useful. This thing is a need, a need of find something that all people need. It's a shirt. It's a sock. It's a glove. It's a hat. But, but it has other uses. Yes, far beyond that. You can use it for carpets, for pillows, for sheets, or curtains, or covers for bicycle seats. Sir, you're crazy. You're crazy with greed. Well, there's no one on earth who would buy that fool's need. of an industry, you poor stupid guy. You telling me what the public will buy? Please, I object in the name of the trees. All complaints will be filed in this box, if you please. Oh, Mr. Wunsler, he's back. That Lorax nut is back again. Yes. I am the Lorax who speaks for the trees, which you seem to be chopping as fast as you please. But I'm also in charge of the brown barbaloots who played in the shade in their barbaloot suits and happily lived eating truffula fruits. Now, thanks to your hacking my trees to the ground, there's not enough truffula fruit to go around. I see your point, yes, I do see your point. They love living here but I can't let them stay. They'll have to find food, and I hope that they may. Good luck, boys. Good luck. Barbaloot suits, barbaloot suits. Hiking off to somewhere in our barbaloot suits. Please think about it, won't you? He snuck out of a pipe. He was back with another gripe. <coughs> Onceler, you're making such smogulous smoke. My poor swami swans. Why, they can't sing a note. No one can sing who has smog in his throat. And so... <coughs> 
Please pardon my cough. They cannot live here. I am sending them off. Where will they go? Where will they go? I don't hopefully know. You're glumping the pond where the hummingfish hummed. No more can they hum, for the gills are all gummed. So I'm sending them off. Oh, their future is dreary. I hear things are just as bad up in Lake Erie. So, once upon a time, there was a there was a place. What's it called? What's the place called? I, I don't know. Loraxia. Yeah, there's the the there's this place. This guy, the Onceler, shows up one day, and um, he finds all these beautiful trees. What are they called? The um, he finds these beautiful trees, um, and he makes this thing called a thneed. And um, he decides that everyone needs a thneed. And actually, it's just... Um, it's actually <clears throat> just, you know... A like, textile. It's just yeah. fabric. So, so it's got this weird, like, connection to the heart of darkness and, like, the rubber trees in the Congo. If well, there's a, sure there's that, but I just no, think about it. Think about it. Like this guy goes, he finds some trees. The guy, this great shit that no one needs, but he's gonna make them need, and mm-hmm. it has industrial applications. And he basically goes there to, you know, rape mm-hmm. and pillage. Yeah, Part basically, he he. Well, he's making commodities. You need a need. It's like, oh, I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's oh, it's great. It does a thousand things. You need one. Well, yeah. Right? The, the history of, of capitalism is the heart of darkness, or maybe the heart of darkness is the history of capitalism. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I guess Wunzler is just, you know, everything's once. But um, anyways, um, so he goes to this place. What are they called? The Truffula Trees. That's what they're called, okay. the, the Truffula Trees. So in, the truff- in, in, in this place, you got the grickle grass and the Truffula Trees and the Swami Swans, and you got the, um, uh, what are the little cute little bears called? The Barbaloo Boots. The, the Barbaloots. The Barbaloots. The brown Barbaloots and their Barbaloot suits. The Barbaloots are a problem. They're problematic characters. Well, in both versions. Right. And uh, so they all get driven out of there. You got the fish, too. I forget what they're called. Yeah. They're all driven out of there because basically the Wansler shows up, sets up shop, and turns it into an industrial hellhole until there aren't any more of these, uh, what the fuck are they called? The trees? Truffula trees. Truffula trees, right. So basically it's like we need, uh, you know, we need, I mean, the, I sense the sort of soft, lefty, eco-sensitive ideology where we need you know some restraint some moderation um some uh environmental protection it's like they read aristotle and then they read it wrong and they're just like it's the mean like you don't exploit a lot you don't exploit too little you exploit the right amount well no 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 um even in the the original and then 
here here's there there's a separation there's good things and bad things in the original and in the new one that aren't in each so in the first one can, he chopped down one tree and the Lorax comes out and says, right. get the fuck out. So he comes out and chops down a tree. This There's is no the new moderation. reboot? That's the original. Oh, okay. In the original, too. He chops down the tree. The Lorax comes out of the tree and says, what are you doing? Stop chopping down these trees. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the difference in the original from the new one is that immediately, Onceler, Onceler's a sympathetic character in the, the sequel, which mm-hmm. is the new one. And in the original, he's just an asshole. He pretty it's much picks capitalist. up the um, Lorax like a little baby and says, get out of here, little guy. I'm going to make these needs and everyone's going to have them. And then I'm going to invite my whole family. We're going to tear this place down. We got shit to build. Um, we got capitalism to do. That's, cash to, cash to money that's to the make. first one. And the bad part in the original is that what Daniel is always talking about, the uh, Lorax syndrome, mm. is that the Lorax is the whole time he's just saying, I speak for the trees, right? And he doesn't really in the in the new one, the sequel, how they tell the story, there's kind of some civil disobedience where they try to kidnap the guy and, and murder Wait, can, him. Can and send I him can down I interrupt though? Because like, Yeah, go for it. I, I, I was very um I was wondering, I was wondering who appointed the Lorax to speak for the trees, right? And 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 this gets deeper because the Lorax says, I speak for the trees, and if I remember correctly, he says because they can't speak for themselves. Right. Now, if they right. can't speak for themselves, how the hell does the Lorax communicate with them and know that he should be speaking for them? Like, isn't he the Lorax who speaks for the Lorax? He just knows. That's kind of the mystery in the original. Like, and they yeah, try yeah, to explain no, that in the sequel. I speak for the trees because they can't speak for themselves. So the trees can't communicate. Unless what they communicate through, like secreting chemicals that the Lorax then interprets as signals. I mean, what? Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Well, you could take it as a philosophical point. These things can't speak for themselves, but I recognize, you know, their right to existence, whether or not they can speak for themselves. So, since I have this recognition, it's my responsibility to speak for those who don't have that same recognition. Of their right to exist. Take it away, Marco. Take it away. That that what that reminds me of is like people in like, you know, liberal arts colleges who like, you know, decide that they speak for X or Y group, even though they're like not in that group at all. It's like I am the straight and I speak for the gays, you know? (laughs) Like well, (laughs) my name is the straight X and I speak for the gays because they can't speak for themselves. Like I, I, I get come that from impulse. the land where the crickle grass grows. I, I get that <laughs> impulse, but trees. it is a little bit different because if I see a guy down the street kicking his dog, you know, the dog can't really defend itself. Well, unless I like it this, bites though, the man. Because the university the university context is basically uh the land where the crickle grass grows full of truffula trees and barbalutes in their barbalute suits. I think that's how a lot of people... That's, and swami swami. That's the extreme they take it to. I'm not foreign to this concept of people <laughs> saying, you know, well, think about how, um, you know, we need more black women or we need more black whatever voices. That's it. That's, that's what I'm going for. We need more minority voices, right? That's what people always say. And this is what minority people think or what would a black person say to that? And it's like, 
Just ask. Just ask them. Just yeah, but the what, Lorax, they're, they're what, everywhere. But, but seriously, what would a black person say? What just what? I don't know about it. <laughs> about the Lorax. <laughs> I I, this I this mean, black person was a little bit like you know once there's China secure his, I mean, his money I, in not not to compare it but you know it's like when people tell me what the status of Puerto Rico should be like mm-hmm. it's some random like American person's like I think Puerto Rico should and I'm like why why like why like are you a specialist like if you you know like, no but they're why special do have, why do you have an opinion about this thing that you know nothing about like have you ever been to Puerto Rico no like do you know that people know but you have an idea of what it should happen with, with this place, right? Like you want to tell 4 million people what to do. Like, I, I don't know. I find it very Loraxian. Um, <laughs> I mean, right. it comes from a good impulse, I think, Damn where you have, impulse? you have empathy. It's, it's, it's like, you know, um, what is the saying? The road to hell is paved in good intentions, mm-hmm. right? And I always say the rebuttal to that is that you know, the road to hell may be paved in good intentions or can be paved in good intentions, but you're definitely going to hell if you don't have good intentions. So, you know, the road to heaven is paved in with good intentions, too. So it's a good start to have that empathetic impulse that this group can't properly defend themselves. So I want to be a part of helping those people. Where it goes wrong is when you say, I have the ability to speak for those people and not work with those people. So what were the bears called? The Barbaloots. The Barbaloot bears. Barbaloot bears. What he should have done, the Lorax, is got the Barbaloot bears together and they should have mauled that motherfucker. That, right. that would have made more sense well, if he should have formed a vanguard party to organize the barbaloots and the swami swans and the fish, whatever. You know, the swami swans dropping bombs from the air. Swami swans <laughs> dropping bombs. That's, that's got a good ring to it. The, the barbaloots just mauling his whole family. It would have, it would have been a, a struggle. Yeah, but, but no, but why not? Why did he just stand there the whole time and drag his feet and say, but, 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 please don't, don't, please. What about the trees? Mr. Wunsler, he because was uh, resisting, right? All, yeah, he was, he was resisting. <laughs> resistance. <laughs> it was the resistance. All he had was, I speak for the trees. And they try to... Shame and morality and manipulative mind control tactics and psychology. He had those things, too. Right, and that was the difference in the, the, the movie version, the, you know, the second one, the sequel, mm-hmm. was that they tried to kill him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Until he gave them marshmallows. Right. Well, no, first he didn't. That's funny, too, because the marshmallow part was basically opium to me. Mm. The guy goes to China or he goes to wherever the truffula trees are, the forest. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then he finds this hostile, you know, population. So he gets them all addicted to heroin. So he gets them all addicted to heroin. <laughs> then you have a boxer rebellion, except not except in the Disney version. Not in the Disney version. Well, I mean, I have, I have to admit that I, I just watched like the four hours of Exterminate All the Brutes. Mm-hmm. Um, What's this? You know, Raul Peck, he did the, the young Karl Marx and he did I'm Not Your Negro. Mm-mm. Really? I, I saw I'm Not Your Negro, but I didn't that, see. That's a good documentary. It's about the life of uh, James Baldwin. Mm. Honestly, I didn't think it was that good. Well, I mean, it wasn't the best thing ever made. But, you know, I think sure, the young Karl Marx was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Exterminate All the Brutes is, is it's four hour documentary based on like this 
book that this Swedish guy wrote about sort of, you know, white supremacy. And, and, and so, so much of the story is the story of, of going somewhere to extract resources, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so, so, I'm, so, so I watched the Lorax right after four hours of this. So, so I'm sort of filtering it through that. Gotcha. Um, so, so whenever we're talking about, well, he finds these trees and he, you know, sends the whole machinery and industrialization mm-hmm. to go tear it all down and process it and turn it into profit. Mm. I'm like, yeah, well, that's, you know, that's the MO of uh, the system, right? Of course, that's what it does. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think actually I'm looking at the book here on my phone and the book follows the new re- the reboot film pretty closely, maybe, except except that there's not the romantic subplot with pubescent, prepubescent kids. That is so creepy, man. How they have to have all these like prepubescent kids have like these super sexualized like love interests. People you know? love it. They love it. It's a, Why? a whole second movie. Just to iterate this for the first time. Because the PMC audience is a bunch of crypto pedophiles. It's about chasing tail. That's the whole first movie. It's so gross. It's an epic journey about the lengths that a man will go Before to we chase get to the the But it, it's like they, they yeah, put okay. it in they they put it in things where it's completely unnecessary. Like yes. um like in that one about the the guy who invents this machine that like makes it rain food cloudy with a chance of meatballs yeah. or whatever. Then they have to have a love interest. What does that love interest add to the movie? Nothing. It's absolutely pointless. It's just a way to have Cameron, I think it was Cameron Diaz, you know, in the movie being the love interest. Like, why couldn't she just be like a character with some other subplot and not like, it's just kind of weird. You know, there's need to have the romantic interest. Well, because it people re- don't give a fuck about anything in a film unless there's, uh, in the that and i guess the film is saying people don't give a fuck about anything unless there's that i mean that kid right. doesn't care about getting the last tree from the wansler to reboot e- the whole ecological system and the girl doesn't even care about getting the tree from the wansler to reboot the ecological yeah system. she doesn't care she just enough. likes the way they look right and so she says i'd marry the the guy who found a tree so he goes all the way out there and risks his life and imprisonment and trouble <laughs> Just to get a kiss on the cheek from a 13-year-old. Um, and then at the end, he's like an ecological hero who bashes the nasty capitalist. Um, but, you know, but, that. I was kind of impressed that they conveyed a message like that to a bunch of kids. But I mean, it was, it was like soft socialism, like maybe like uh, Yaku Perez. It's not socialism. Or not socialism, sorry. Eco- ecological um, ecologism. Anti-capitalist, but not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Socialism. Is it anti-capitalist, though? Yeah, I mean, it's it's in that populist sort of way, like yeah. the good people and then the bad. Yeah, but same way not, Robin Hood is to an extent. That, that's not anti-capitalist. That's just like a kind of um, let's reform the system and have good capitalism. Mm-hmm. I don't know because the yeah, movie managers. is about not selling this thing at all. They keep talking about how it produces air for free. So yeah, to, right to an extent, so, the movie is you really if you take it for what it is. But think about that framing. It produces air for free. It's saying we have a tragedy of the commons here. Right. Let's try to find a way to privatize this so that no one can take our free air away anymore. Because we need that extra value that the trees are creating. No, not, we not can't necessarily. For. Because they just release it. They don't, they don't hoard the extra air. They clean up the air that was polluted. They don't commodify it. It's just... They bring back the trees. Right. So at one point he says, uh, the trees would do this for free. 
But the capitalist who sells bottled pure air and is interested in keeping the air dirty so he can sell the bottled pure air has an interest in making sure there are no trees because if it's done for free, then he won't get his profit. And so, I mean, there's there's some kind of anti-capitalist thing there. Because yeah, you would have to inject into that the idea that they're doing it so that they can, you know, take the commons into their ownership so that they can alleviate some, you know, financial burden. That's something you have to inject. But for kids at the base of it, it's just as simple as the trees produce free air. It should be free for everyone. I mean, because it is a kid's story. Or it's about managing the trees. He's so obsessed with that. This dirty, low down, no good. He's even short and ugly. I'd say the movie is more about managing the trees than, I mean, you, you read, I didn't read the book. And you said the book follows the movie more than the, well, um, the Yeah, the, the book first. starts off, the book starts off with the prehistory. The lonely old onceler right. is in his, <clears throat> in his place. The kid discovers this, this um, pile of rocks that says, unless, right. unless is what the Lorax leaves. Unless someone gives a shit, this is what's going to happen to you, dear reader. Um, he finds this place. It sees the Lorax peeping out through the crack on the barred up window, boarded up window. And then, so I think it sort of follows more closely the reboot than the 70s version, but but there's, I don't think there's the romantic subplot with this stuff. Because, I mean, in the reboot, they show him it is about management because they show him in the beginning kind of picking off tufts of uh, leaves from mm-hmm. the truffula trees mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, manage his enterprise in a responsible way. And then his family comes in and they're the evil ones. Well, he's he was an trying entrepreneur. to be a good guy. He was just an entrepreneur who's doing the right thing by, you know, taking the abundance of nature and, you know, using it in a responsible way. But his family tells him it's faster to chop down the trees. So then he becomes a bad guy because of an outside influence, not because of his own motivations. But um, in the original Well, no, that's movie, after the Lorax forced him to promise that he wouldn't cut down the right tree. Right, when they tried to murder him. In, yeah. In the beginning, he cut down a tree. The Lorax says, you know, what the fuck are you doing, basically? Don't cut down this tree. And they put a little grave circle of gravestone, uh, like stones around it, like a grave. And even till the end, it's like this sad thing where this tree was. I mean, it's like crazy hippie. But I mean, new that was good in the ideology. original movie. Was that they made Onceler an absolute son of a bitch? He was supposed to be hated, and then in the new one, uh-huh. he's a sympathetic character yeah, who just kind of just more character development got coerced and influenced into not doing capitalism good. <laughs> well, you know, it's and, hard to develop a character in twenty five minutes. I mean, so so is that is that an example of what's that what's that one that Mark says about like how all the capitalists have to like compete with each other or mm. they're just gonna go bankrupt. What's the name of that thing? The it's like the law uh, of capitalism? No, uh, no, but there there's like a there's one about the course like, of how, laws of competition, yeah. There you go. So so is is that an example of that? Because he's he's managing it in a way that is long term and not fast, right? He's not extracting all the value all at once, but rather he's managing the trees in a slow process that allows the renewal but the capitalists that can come and like just raise that and take all the value all at once is going to beat him at the process of sort of stacking capital on top of capital and speed of money and accelerating right because capitalism mm-hmm. is all about acceleration right going but in faster the movie, and faster because he's because his family's evil 
It's 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 um his greedy evil well, stepmother. White it's, trash family, no uh, less. Uh, they're like half white trash. Though. No, they're dressed up in the overalls. You got what is his it? His cousins like, are Bill white and trash. Ted or what? Nah. But his his mom and his aunt are like. That was an interesting dimension. The villains, the 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 Ur villains, like the primal prehistorical villains, they're basically white trash. Okay. I mean, that yeah. was a pretty, that was a gratuitous detail. That that little, you know, kick them when little, they're down. Little dig. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty weird. So, and yeah. as soon as the money's gone, she says to him, "You know, uh, you're not my favorite son. Billy Joe Bob's my favorite yeah. son now." Uh, she takes off in her RV. Right, which is, well, not that part is strange, but the idea that this guy all of a sudden has no capital after basically owning a town, now he has nothing because all the trees are gone, when the logical step wouldn't be, I mean, the the movie tries to, the new movie, the sequel tries to say that it's because he has a conscience, but the same thing happens in the original, which doesn't make any sense because shouldn't he have gone on to use the money he made from his first enterprise to, you know, capitalize off the air like the second right. guy, O'Hare. Not if, he, not if he's MC Hammer. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> didn't MC Hammer, when he went bankrupt, say, like, I didn't go broke, I went rich broke, which means I really, when you're rich, you can't really go broke. It's... I, it's it's something like that. Something but I think what, what happened with him, interestingly, was something like this, which is that just all these people showed up and he just started paying for everyone. Yeah, with he put his, his own family on the payroll. <laughs> like he put family. everyone in the payroll. So he just basically, it's like a Aida Abutai in uh, Lawrence of Arabia. It's like, I, I, I make all this money, but I'm poor. And it's because I am a river to my people, you know, mm. I just give everything to my people. Because so. there were two chain of thoughts for me. One is that it's not like you don't really know. It wasn't no secret. Like, everybody knew that I had 200 employees. It wasn't no secret. So what you think? I was paying them in, uh, in, <laughs> in hamburgers? So you know, you know somebody was paying that payroll, and it wasn't falling. Fr- so I was doing that. So if you wanted to now say the story is MC Hammer just pissed his money off when you knew that I was employing 200 people for my community— it said more about you than it did about me. So I didn't go on the radio to defend that. That because if you every now and then somebody would say, after the sensational part of it, they said, you know, he took care of a lot of people. But anyway, we're going right next to the next commercial. So so I said, Wow, this is very interesting to me. So if a guy that you know in the middle of the crack era, when everybody was dying, machine guns everywhere, decided he wanted to try to to pull some guys out of that, if his fate is to be the guy who we're going to introduce for the next 14 years <laughs> oh, is, hey, we're going to talk about MC Hammer next, how he pissed off 30 million. Man, that's what you get for trying to contribute to the community. But the guy who might be known for uh, exploiting. Uh, and, of course, we got our man right now with the hottest record in the world coming on next. He says every in the country needs to drop down now and, and suck here. Coming up next, our hero. I said, oh, so. Yeah, I, I need to let them do that, and I'm going somewhere else for a while because that fight I'm not fighting. That's a personal fight. That's your perspective on life, the world, and how you see things. I can't fight that. You got to have what you want. Some people love this. Some mm. people love that. We were dying. This is the mm. real thing. It's not fake. Go and look at the murder rate in my city at the time. My city became very famous for being in the top three in homicides. 
That's where I lived. That's where I grew up my entire life. I didn't grow up somewhere else. Some of the people that were dying were my classmates, my neighbors. So when I had the hammer thing, I would literally call home. I'd be on the road. I'd call home and somebody say, I say, hey, what John doing? What you mean what John doing? John dead. I said, what you mean John is dead? I just talked to him two weeks ago. He said, yeah, John dead and Sam killed him. I thought, Sam lived two houses down from, from John killed him? Over what? Well, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I say, well, let me speak Let me speak to Sam then. Hey, Sam, man, check this out, man. Why? Well, I said, why don't you come out here on the road with me, man? I can give you 30000 a year. I can't give you what you're making on the block. But, man, I can't have you keep doing what you're doing. I mean, you're killing the very cats we grew up with. Well, 10 turned to 20, 20 turned to 30. Huh. I'm cool with that. I was, I was cool with that because the amount of money that I was generating was worth the lives so, to me. So- so, so MC Hammer was actually uh, not a villain he, who spent all his money in frivolous way, but except that he had gold toilets or something like that. But, you know, um, but he was the guy who just gave his money to people who needed it. And, and, and the right. capitalism, there's a lesson to that. You will be poor if you give money to people. Mm, Don't give money to people. That I missed. Don't give your so, money. Don't spread it around. No, Don't you got to keep poor. it concentrated. Well, that's the thing. I think the, the, the film isn't that smart i mean when the trees run out that's the end of the onceler basically he becomes sad and lonely his grave his gold digger family leaves at the whole environment is ruined and shit and and he doesn't realize that he should start selling bottled air i mean that's in the reboot because there's this whole morality play involved there that lorax is trying to convince him not to do it in the in the old cartoon but i mean do you mean morality in like an ideological sort of Hegelian anti-Marxist way, or are you just using it like a you know just random? Just well, the whole time the Lorax is trying to plead and can guilt trip. I, I, I guilt mean, like morality in in this kind of like just standard way, or are we talking about morality in this way that like a Marxist would say like that's just like moralizing you know that's just like yeah. not looking at yes. material conditions yeah. and not like paying you know he's like a that's moralizer just, that, right. that's just like the the weapon of the of the of the bourgeoisie and and the ideological tools yeah. that they use to control us right it's because the fake yeah. bullshit moralizing right because yeah, that's Lorax absolutely what he does keeps on telling him basically you'll regret it type of thing he never tells him if you continue with the deforestation you're going to run out of resources for your business. He mm-hmm. doesn't even tell him that. If you were rational, he would say that. But he, he, yeah, he doesn't even explain that to him. So the Lorax kind of just lets it happen. And his only tool is guilt. Like, you know, wagging his finger, one day you'll regret this. Shaming him, basically. Yeah, it's, it's like a Jedi mind trick type thing. And he speaks for the trees. Right. <clears> He's <throat> speaking on their behalf. They can't speak for themselves. Someone has but- to step in and do something. To me, that has always been, you know, slightly off topic, but on topic. To me, that's always been an indication of a weak movie and a weak uh, sort of screenplay. When there Fuck. is a when when they when the when a character is <laughs> are you telling me Doctor Seuss is no good? Can I can I can I finish my thought? Can <laughs> yes. I finish my thought? <laughs> when. When there is a need for a character to communicate with another character, something that is easily turned into, you know, information like don't cut the trees down because eventually they're not going to be able to reproduce. You're going to lose all your labor if you kill all of it. Right. Um, and somehow the movie finds a way to 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 not have that com- communicate that, because if they communicated that the whole plot just ends. Right. The mm-hmm. guy goes like, oh, shit, I shouldn't kill all the trees. 
I should mm -hmm. keep 20% and kill 80% and then plant right. 20% and, you know, have proper Put them management on a of the payment resource. plan. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah, like you, you don't want to, you don't want to kill your slaves. You just want to keep them at this like bare subsistence level while they're productive. Once they stop being productive, then you kill them, you know, but not before. Make and sausage it, out of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, but somehow in, in, in weak movies, there is this like fake inability to communicate information and it leads to this stilted plot, you know, like it's just kind of weird. It's like, just fucking tell them, oh, I can't because it's something that you can't tell someone. Yeah, you can't tell. It's like in the Matrix, one of the weak parts of the Matrix is like, you can't tell anyone what the Matrix is. It's like, bitch, yes, you can. Like you're plugged into a computer. Everything you're seeing is fake. And there's an actual real world outside of it. There you go. I told you, you know, you're going to be like, I don't believe you. It's like, well, yeah, well, that's, I'll show you. And that's it, you know, but no, they mm -hmm. have to build this mystical thing of like, no one can tell you what the matrix. Yes. I just told you. I just fucking told you. Well, I guess that that's what I meant by morality play. play. What? I guess that's what I meant by morality play. It just can't get real. And like it, the, the, the Lorax can't say, look, okay. So. The Onceler shows up. He's basically a, a sort of clueless hick, and he wants to get rich. In the second, in the well, sequel. also in the first one, in he shows up one, in he's his just jalopy. A pure capitalist bastard. Well, he shows up in a jalopy, like a wandering gypsy, with his bunch of junk that he unpacks mm. and sets up his tent. And he 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 starts off pretty quickly, more quickly than in the other one. But I mean, he is basically a clueless uh, bumpkin. At I, well, he's he's like a. He's like a capitalist in a bumpkin's body or something. But nevertheless, you know, it's like that. And and it's like a get rich quick story. Rags I don't know. Rags to riches. Rags to riches. And if. But you see if, why Dvorak's, they have to, to code it in this morality thing. Right. Because right? it's, it's a way to not deal with the fact that this is not about morality. This is literally about material conditions. And it's literally about exploitation. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you say. No, 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 the problem is, like, you're not doing the moral thing or whatever. No, the problem is, is that you're fucking exploiting, you know? That you're taking well, profits at this ridiculous rate, and you're destroying the soil in the process, mm -hmm. which is something Marx literally talks about. Mm -hmm. Capitalism mm -hmm. will destroy the soil, mm -hmm. which is what capitalism has done. It's destroyed the soil. But imagine, though, but imagine, uh, you know, you got the 60s book, you got the 70s cartoon, you got the 2014 reboot, and, and here's how it goes, Marco. This guy walks in, he's doing some uh he's doing some brutal exploitation of nature. He's like, what is it called when they do the mi strip mining basically? And then along comes this little Lorax with Danny DeVito's voice. I had to think about it'll always be sunny in Philadelphia, you know, talking about hookers and crack. But he's <laughs> but along he comes and he says, "Excuse me, sir, do you realize that if you exploit at that degree, your profitability level won't be sustainable for more than 10 years. Right. Nobody's going to watch that. And that's the question. Why? Why do you need the mystery? Why do you need the romantic subplot? Why can't it be real? Why does it have to be a morality play? But they were so Ideology. close to They were so close to that. Because Ideology. he says, it takes them 10 weeks to germinate and 10 years to grow. Mm -hmm. He tells them that. But he doesn't go that one extra step mm -hmm. by saying... So if you let half of them grow for 10 years, mm -hmm. you'll have a renewable resource. Mm -hmm. He doesn't go the extra step in telling them that. So he fails the trees. He should have been more PMC. He should have mm -hmm. done his homework. He's a bad manager. 
That's the, that's the moral I get from this. He he's is a like, bad manager. He's an old school capitalist. Like like the problem is, is the old school capitals will always beat the PMC because you go, you strip mine, and you course. move to the next green land. You right. know, you know, you know. So so. so but you, this you, is you, the you, fantasy of the PMC, though. Yeah, like, we know they better can, that they can tame the the inexhaustible demand for profits and growth. You can't tame the it. The system is built to be that way. The competition yeah. doesn't allow you to contain it. Exactly, which is that thing I was asking about that because Marx has this little nice term about the laws of competition and about how you know the the capitalists just have to compete you don't have the ability to remain a capitalist if you don't just extract as much as possible because the next capitalist over is going to extract as much as possible and so you're fucked like you have to be the most ruthless guy around that's why that's why you actually need the state to put in regulations because the state is actually what keeps them from eating themselves alive the right. state is the arbiter that keeps the capitalist class from just basically like, you know, like those pictures of people who've never eaten, you know, they're just like, that's right, like what the capitalists would just become emaciated because they would be consuming themselves from the inside the, to get uh, more profit. The window, like, yeah. That's what capitalists are. I mean, look at what happened to Sears when they established like libertarian, mm-hmm. super capitalist rules internally. Mm-hmm. They yeah. eliminated a centralized planning. They said every department, every person for themselves. Yeah, they so tried to recreate market re- anarchy and competition in, in, inside, inside of, the corporation, which basically destroyed the corporation. Right. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it's like, that's like a autoimmune disorder where your body yeah. cannibalizes itself. I mean, well, that's what capitalism is. It's a fucking foreign host killing humanity and the planet. But you know, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> what? no. We got bacon. I don't know. <laughs> it's like... But the Lorax speaks for the trees. That's so right. we're, we're, we're to the point where the, the PMC speaks for the people. And the people in this case are the trees. Right. And the people are somehow this abstract concept. And the problem is the difference is, is that when you're talking about the PMC in reality, the people don't need them to speak for them. At best, they need their organizational skills to organize them to speak for themselves best best faith you know use of the pmc right but the trees can't do that in the lorax so the lorax has to speak for them the next part of that is how do you perform as a proper advocate for whoever you care about and are the pmc performing that well now in reality and did the lorax perform in that way well in the movie, you know, what, what you got so something? Well, I, I'm just thinking like the Lorex is kind of like this PMC fantasy where where they're very necessary. Like we need to speak for the for them because they can't speak for themselves. It's like no, they, they can speak for themselves. You know, we we could reorganize the structure of this where you're not a manager but you're an enabler of the system uh, mm-hmm. of the of the workers. And the workers elect you instead of you hiring them. Mm-hmm. Like we could completely change the system, you know, like how they do in worker-owned co-ops, right? Where management is is answers to employees and to workers instead of workers answering to management. And we've they've seen that it's more efficient and it's better. You know why? Because the manager rem- in, in a standard corporation removes themselves from the needs of the workers, right? They have a mm-hmm. better salary, they have better everything, and they're not there in the with you know nose to the grindstone. So they don't know what's happening. This actually happens in the U.S. military too, right? Where it's very difficult for the people who are in the right. battlefield 
to relay information to the generals on top and every layer of management or every yeah. layer of like officers you know is another layer where the communication gets broken down and in and, and changed into ways that don't actually have to deal with what's happening on the well, ground on the battlefield you just train people well enough to maintain their job yeah it's just that's why you have field commanders and you have commission you have field officers and enlisted officers and you have commissioned officers and but that's one why is there to organize like um if you're doing counterterrorism, you're gonna organize the shit that is you're gonna lay out the missions and then you know the enlisted men you know they're gonna perform the mission and you trust them to perform the mission so there's some efficiency in that it's a little bit different than um just layers of communication because at the end of the day they don't really rely on communicating with the guys on the ground well they they do though for procurement and things Not like real that right time. Um, well, if, no but well but if but you need in, an airstrike maybe but i think well, i think what uh before this, we go down any military rabbit that, holes uh this is why like the vietnam war was fought like it was world war ii though right because the the people at the top were just like right. well we need to just have more of more tanks and that's, you know that's, like, that's ah. a little bit different well that's, it's just um, the opacity of mediation when you have a up top down hierarchical right. bureaucratic structure you have mediation inevitably and then that makes communication opaque uh, and information and so forth. But how you establish who answers to whom is going to also affect how right. well communication happens. Now, in, in a plant where people are losing their fingers, mm -hmm. if the workers go to the management and say, mm -hmm. look, I'm losing my fingers and management's like, I don't give a shit because I can hire another guy mm -hmm. and make more profits if I don't fix the finger eating machine. Mm -hmm. Whereas if like management is there because the workers put them, then the manager immediately is going to fix the finger eating machine, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, right. but the capitalist never even hears about the finger, usually, right? Yeah, the capitalist has been completely, the guy, that capitalism guy in New York and this factory somewhere in like, you know, in a river in Kentucky or something, right? So how do we understand this then? Because what I was trying to think about the whole time, I mean, you brought up at the beginning imperialism and colonialism, and that is like... I didn't think about that, but that smacks me right in the face now because it's obvious. Like you go in there, you invest your production, and you just steal the shit, and you just just drain it dry. The other thing is that I want to mention. You said, "Well, who the fuck appointed you? Basically, who made you the representative of these trees, the barbalutes, and this what the singing fish and the swami swans, and like who who appointed you?" A lady in the lake that threw a sword at him. I guess. And then, Daddy, as you, you said, you know... Monty Python, come on, no, no one? Yes. Oh, be okay. quiet! I order you to be quiet! Order? Who does he think he is? <laughs> I'm your king. Well, I didn't vote for you. You don't vote for kings. Well, how'd you become king, then? The lady of the lake, her arm clad in the purest shimmering samite, held aloft Excalibur from the bosom of the water signifying by divine providence that I, Arthur, was to carry Excalibur. That is why I'm your king. Listen, strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not from some farcical aquatic ceremony. Be quiet! Oh, but you can't expect to wield supreme executive power just because some watery tart threw a sword at you. Shut up! I mean, if I went round saying I was an emperor, 
Just because some moistened bint had lobbed a scimitar at me, they put me away. Shut up, will you? Shut up! Ah, now we see the violence inherent in the system. Shut up! Oh, come and see the violence inherent in the system! Help, help! I'm being repressed, bloody peasant! Oh, what a giveaway. Did you hear that? Did you hear that, eh? That's what I'm on about. Do you see him repressing me? You saw it, didn't you? But um, the trees are the people. And that's interesting. Um, he speaks for the trees. Why doesn't, you know, why don't the fucking Barbaloots do something? And I think, like, the, I think the Lorax prefers to speak for the trees. I think so. And to, for the Barbaloots and the Swami Swans and the singing resistance. fish. That's right. Because if, like, can you imagine if they all ganged up together? Like, they wouldn't need the Lorax because the Lorax doesn't do anything, anyways. He just drags his feet while the world goes to hell. And then at the end, he says, basically, I told you so. You'll regret it someday. And it's like... And then he flies away. And no less, by grabbing himself by the seat of his own pants and pulling himself up, it's fucking bootstraps. I mean, this guy is the incarnation of the PMC fantasy you, of the world. And you know who he is? He's Obama. Oh, my God. We can't ha- yeah, because we cannot have universal health care because people in... Health insurance companies are going to lose their jobs if we have universal health care. The Lorax will not have a job if the trees take care of themselves. It's, a, it's that mindset of like, we need to have these layers of like... But fat. is that in the movie? Like, I get, I get what you're saying, <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> but if I'm a kid well, with a kid brain, am I like, well, I mean, that, that motherfucker is Obama? Think about, if you think about how the Lorax <laughs> is like magically appointed by himself as the right. representative right. of these people, and if he's not going to have a job if they can represent themselves. He's not going to have right. a job if they don't need his management. But I feel I mean, like it, Obama it, tried not to be the manager, the representation for anyone. Oh, he was the representation for Goldman Sachs. And for there you finance. go. Finance capital and the finance. Like if, if I mean, the Lorax really, really, re- said. He represented the shit out of them. Right. Like, if the Lorax said, said I represent Wunsler, pitchforks. I think that would be the metaphor. I think the Lorax is more like Trump. I <laughs> oh, boy. am the one in that can fix this. <laughs> I can fix the- it. He has no. the, the color yes. hair, too. No fucking way. <laughs> yes. Except that he didn't rile up the 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 bears but or whatever. The Lord, no, the Lorax is absolutely the resistance. Yes, yes, yes. The Lorax I, is I, just well, I mean, the I do-gooder, diff- self-appointed, I, I virtuous. I see no difference between Trump and the resistance, though. They're the same people. Mm. They just... They just distracting you all right the so fact now that you, they're the same people you right. galaxy brain me but i i can't help <laughs> they're the same people. <laughs> i don't know i don't see him as obama because like you said if he was like obama he would have been advocating for onceler you'd have been like onceler do this in a managed way we can get this done we can have we can money do this together, and baby. trees we- baby <laughs> no because see see he, he's hoping change to the trees mm. but go ahead and Ah, there you go. There you go. You got yep, me. Yep. That's right. Because at the end of the day, he's what does he lose? Right? He just he just bootstraps himself up right. to heaven for while Netflix. We deal. all stay down here and are fucked. Yeah, and then he what the you know Lorax goes and gets his Netflix deal with his wife, and they make a reboot in 2014. Yeah, there you go. Yes, and then he you know. It's Does Obama. He fucking come back at the end? I don't I don't remember. Is he gonna be the first self-made billionaire president? Ooh. Uh, the Lorax? Well, Obama or the Lorax. Same shit. Same shit. 
we've, we've established that's the same <laughs> yeah. shit now. Come on. I've, transitive yeah, <laughs> transitive property. I mean, no, but seriously, is he going to be the first billionaire president? You know, I mean, there's been other billionaire presidents, right. but they're not quote unquote self-made. I mean, I, self-made. The first billionaire was Trump. Well, yeah, but he's not self-made. No I mean, you know, he inherited the money. Mm-hmm. But so I mean, like no. Obama, there could be the bullshit argument that he's quote unquote self-made, even though he went to like the most exclusive high school in the country and. Then he went to, you know, the most exclusive college in New York City. Then he went to like, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, it's not. But you he know. was a community organizer. I mean, yeah. He cared. He cared. He was the Lorax. He, com- he organized he the community the until he could, he could get that it. That fucking sucks. <laughs> he put that on his fucking CV and he's like, look at how good I am. I speak for the trees. That sucks. He saved, he saved those trees until he got to the White House and didn't give them health care. One of the yeah. trees speaks up, tries to do something for itself. It's like, shut up. Shut the fuck up, tree. Get back down there. It's like, you can't talk. You're Stop tree. talking, tree. What are the bears? The bubble bears? Passive the boogaloo bears? What are the, what are the, the boogaloo bears? No, the um, barbaloots. <laughs> That's what they needed. They needed the boogaloo bears no, to fucking kill the Lorax and the Onesler. Yeah, so they can enslave the trees. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that mean, was that's that's it. He's he's he is old he is like Obama. Uh, I, I mean, you know, Obama he's is the arch PMC. The arch PMC. Like he is You don't think Biden's a little bit better? No. no. Biden no. Biden Biden is just writing on that white privilege straight up. Like huh. there's no he's PMC. old school, crony, old favors made in the Senate. Like he's just the old school white guy. White. Oh, completely okay. incompetent. But you know, but he knows how to shake hands. Everyone likes him. Bernie mm-hmm. won't even fucking stand up to him. You know, like he's just the old school. I went to the country club, did the right hand shakes. I know how to play the emotional well, social game. I know mm-hmm. how to not piss people off mm-hmm. who I know are gonna fuck me over if I piss them off. And I know, you know, he's very much, I, I know that old white guy. I've gone to the country club with that old white guy. That's exactly who he is, mm-hmm. you know? Which meanwhile, one is preferable? Meanwhile, yeah, in some ways, yeah. it's more honest. It's like, the I mean, the thing, the thing, or the, the managing. The thing, the, the thing is that, you know, he's just as incompetent as Trump, but he understands that the way that he got there is by letting other people make decisions. Right. Jesus. Whereas Trump got there by making his own decisions. So that's kind of a dif- difference between them. Obama is the guy who's like, look, I'm smarter than everyone in the room. I've managed the situation to put myself in this position, but I've done so through this weird following the system and the rules. I'm a constitutional right. law professor, and I know that that you know there are pretenses that West must be kept. politics. Basically. You know, they, so, so they're very, they're actually, the three of them are actually very different people, you know? Right. Probably Biden is the most like George W. Bush. Yes, absolutely. They're cut That's the really who that he's yeah. most I like. I was, I was because young they're, with Because George they're guys Bush. who just coasted on, on, on their privilege, just got mm. to where they got because they had the right connections. George Bush more so than Biden, but Biden too, you know? He, Biden built his own connections through his life more than W. W just had them. Mm-hmm. He was literally born into like connections that you and i can't even grasp imagine you know um but basically that's who they're they're the guy that everyone likes right biden is more like hillary clinton than barack obama was 
Uh, Hillary is kind of weird. She's so yeah, unlikable. Well, she's so unlike. She's well, like Biden's an unlikable. Like she's well, like she an unlikable, to... like an unlikable Obama. You know, like if Obama yeah. was just not likable. Well, she's PMC know? too hardcore, but oh, yeah, uh, yeah, and that's what that's what mm. people don't. I'm convinced that when people don't like her, either explicitly or implicitly, under their consciously or unconsciously, that's what they're disliking. When they see her in that pantsuit, they're like, "Uh oh, I'm gonna get fired." That's HR. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna get a, a pink slip. I, I guarantee you that the experience suit. of having a beer with Biden and a beer with George W. Bush will be way more pleasant than any of these other people. Yes, like I can't having a beer with Obama's got to be the most antiseptic thing in the world. You know, <laughs> but like, it's just I like, think whoa, most people would love that. Yeah, but it's just it'd be horrible. Like, what are you doing? You're not even having <clears throat> fun. I mean, you're just like basking in the glow of his aura. Right. You know. Like fuck that. It wouldn't even be a beer. It'd probably be one of those CBD joints without any THC in it. You know. Yeah. Maybe like mean, he didn't inhale. If you're Fucking with Biden, lame. you could be out there winking at waitresses and sniffing hair. Yeah, I mean he's gonna have right. fake. He's gonna have a fake. He's gonna have his fake toupee a with a mullet. You know, and right. you know, in his transcend. Yeah, and a Bud Light. I mean, he's that guy. I mean, look at his son. Look at the son he yes. has. You know, that didn't come from nowhere. Time. Like that, that yeah. guy did not come from nowhere. You That's know? trash in the White House. Man. And then look at like how everyone would always talk about how they would want to have a beer with Trump. And I was always like, the dude seems fucking tedious. Well, he doesn't drink beer. Well, he doesn't this, drink despite alcohol. that, I mean, it's all a fucking no, yeah. metaphor, whatever. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's, you don't want to hang out with Trump. That guy's fucking, ugh, he's God. just tedious. What? You'd have to attend to him constantly. No yeah. man, you. I think your hatred overwhelms your no your capacity no, no, here no, because no. that would be hilarious. It would be Only absolutely you would be laughing at him, but no, not sure, you sure. enjoying the time, right? Because looking at like the Access Hollywood tape was weird when he's talking about I was on her like a bitch, you know, trying to buy her furniture. It was like you're not trying to like. There's he has no game. All his game is his money. He but, couldn't talk to the woman. Well, it's the it's he the banter. He has nothing interesting about him. It's the banter. Cuz he knows he t- everything he says, in everything he says, he has already taken a sort of a uh the inf- like the smallest minimal difference uh of self-relation possible. He 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 distinguishes himself from himself and takes this ironic distance so that he's already like laughing at himself with you. The whole thing is just a performance. No, no, no. Every what single thing he does is that yes, it's all a performance. But I'm saying the performance and is he's laughing with you at himself. Tedious. Like you're doing everything wrong. If I was to go out with that guy and all he was able to do when talking to women would be about furniture and the shit he could buy, he he doesn't know how to dance. He doesn't have a good joke. He doesn't know how to communicate. That dude's not on my team. Yeah, but do you know how to laugh? I mean, he's, he's not, not on no, your team. It's funny. I, I, I he is he is he's very, not on your team, man. But he, he's not. He is, I'm saying he's boring. I kind of I kind of agree and disagree. Like I agree in part and disagree in part. I think he is actually genuinely hilarious, but I don't think he ever has laughed at himself. That guy has the thinnest skin in the planet. Like literally, you cannot. He he's not the guy that's gonna poke fun at himself. He pokes fun at other people incredibly well. well. Irony is a defensive, ironic humor is a defensive thing. You say, look, I'm sovereign over myself because I can laugh at myself. If anyone else just laughs at you without you soliciting them to do it and showing you're in control, then of course you're destroyed. But I mean, that's, that's what irony is. I mean, he's trying to say, 
I'm so in control, I can make fun of myself. I mean, um, he, he, he is easily the most successful Twitter person ever. Like, that, that's not like a small thing. Kim Kardashian's pretty successful. No, nah, dude, he, Kim Kardashian is famous because she's got a big butt and big tits. Like, she's not that interesting. That's just no, like, she's, she's not, that's just reality. For some she's reason, people like the shit. What about... Look, he um, really, like, he literally will tweet something and destroy a person with, like, 140 characters. Is that cancel culture? No, he doesn't cancel. He just fucking, like, makes fun of them to the degree that it just fucking destroys the person. Like, I, I, I mean, that's not easy. Like, it's is that just the not. wit or is that the money? No, it's right? not the money. Because he's just people... good at it. Like, I can recognize... He's got game when it comes that's to that. Right. Like, the, he's got game on that level. That's right. Like, you don't get to go from, like, spoiled brat, like, with no institutional backing ever anywhere mm. to president, even mm -hmm. if you have money. Because there are plenty of people richer than him who could mm -hmm. not have done that. Right. He's Michael like, he's, he's, he's a dude, bully dude. banter athlete, basically. Yeah, he's got like a whole persona going on. Would that be fun to hang out with? Fuck right. no. That's what I'm no. saying. You know, that would not be fun to hang out with. But unless you enjoy watching other people <laughs> be in pain, you know? Like, no. if, you, if you like watching the bully inflict pain on other people because you're kind of like a sadist, then yeah, you want to hang out with him. You want to stay at his flank. So his vision is never at you because you don't want to have that directed at you. Right. And then you can enjoy that schadenfreude. All right. But to, to sit down and have a, like, you know, the proverbial beer. No, you don't want to fucking do that. Like, I guarantee you it's more fun to do with like doddering fool Biden, you know, or, or with like, you know. I mean, W had to be a freaking animal back when he actually was drinking. Right. That guy did every drug in the planet and partied harder <laughs> Look than at anyone. His daughters. You know. I like your idea of look at the children. Look at the look kids, at W's, man. Look at W's daughters and look at what? Biden's yeah. son. I'm changing the topic. Um, so, <laughs> so <laughs> I think, I think just to come back to the Lorax, like why, why I wanted to talk about this because it seemed just like it's so ripe for political interpretation because, you know, like you watch those, you know, the different versions and you see it sort of presents different stuff and it just seems so like ready to me maybe i'm over interpreting like you know do it like zizek itis over here but um it's more like derrida what what your over interpretation is more of a derrida thing oh i see i i didn't i'm just messing one. with you so I don't know. It just seems like the who appointed you thing and the virtue thing and the no skin in the game thing and like doesn't matter if we win. And at the end of the day, I'm fine. I go to heaven by my bootstraps. It just. It just screamed. It just screamed. Right. The PMC worldview. The and fact that the Lorax gets to remain the good guy, despite the fact that all the trees are dead. He doesn't have to win to be good. Right. In fact, he's better if he loses, because then he can say, I told you so. Yep. And he says, unless you care, this will happen to you. And, I mean, to because me, that's if, just so alien. If Wunzler actually agrees with him, he's just a nag. But well, that, if that, That's that Christian thing that enables capitalism, right? Where, like, you, you don't worry about winning. Right. There's the kingdom of heaven. Yep. The more you get punished here, the greater the kingdom of heaven is going to be. Allow colonialism, imperialism, factories, and capitalism to take over this world. You know, there's that kind of weird... I mean, it's part of the ideology of the system, right? To sell that as a pacifier. I mean, 
religion is the opiate of the masses, right? Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I'm sorry, you brought it up. <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> it's also uh... <laughs> so so to the Lorax, and I mean, and we've given up a lot of the ideology, right, of of Christianity, right, in the, the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that we've actually given up the ideology of Christianity. We just repackaged it because the ideology, contrary to Weber, it's not Christianity that creates capitalism. It's capitalism that creates Christianity as we know it. Right. right. But I think material so, conditions, people, material conditions all the time. But right? there seems like a shift. Like, okay, say that the ideology, the ideology is changing. I think it's worth saying that the Lorax appeared in the sixties, was made into a cartoon broadcast in every home in the seventies at the, at the downturn of the post-war boom, the upswing of neo, uh, of, sorry, of, uh, yeah, of neoliberalism financialization, deindustrialization, and also the rise of, you know, PMC uh, in a different way than in the past. I mean, you know, the hopes of 60s radicalism fall apart and so forth. And then, you know, along comes this little green guy with a mustache and he's harmless, you know, and he's telling us to care about the trees. We got to have Jimmy Carter and the EPA and stuff. And, you know, I remember... It was some Frank Zappa interview once. Either I read it or I saw it, a video of it. And he was talking about the record industry, the way it changed from the 60s to the 50s and 60s to the 80s. And he says, like, say what you will about those old capitalist guys. Uh, at least it was possible to do shit with them because they would say things like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not in the record business. I'm in the money business. If, if, right. it, if it looks like it can, we can, if it can work, let's give it a shot. But then he said, then came the 60s, and all of these stupid sons and daughters, uh, you know, university kids, upward mobility, they become managers, they become record executives, and then they say, I was a hippie, I smoked grass, I had long hair, I know what the kids want. Mm. And then they're no longer willing to take risks, Um, they just start picking stars, and then it was no longer possible to do anything new or different in music. And... That trend in the seventies, the rise of the PMC, shifting from yuppie from hippie to yuppie, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence. And so, but that that's easily a shift between a, a, a nascent to a mature industry, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, when you or look dying at dying industry. Well, I mean, no. it's just it's just mature. It's just a maturing industry. I mean, record labels make more made more money in the nineties than they did in the sixties. And where are they now? They don't exist. They're well, that's, just... big, that, that's the disruption of, of technology. I mean, if you took Spotify out of the equation, they'd be fucking killing it. Yeah, but that's like saying if you didn't have cancer, well, the record you'd labels be in pretty do good still shape. Exist. Yeah, they're still they're around. Still they're still thriving. Still make, they're still making money. I mean, yeah, but they've had to shift completely to rents. I mean, if you're going to exist in this yeah, world now, rents are more you, always, you always want to shift to rent. All capitalists are, in the end, someone who wants to be a rentier. You don't want to be a capitalist. That's work. You want to rent, and then you need a manager. Yeah, because you're that's, an absentee that's, and owner, that, and right. that's the and that's the shift from an, a nascent industry to a mature like one. Were saying, that it's like it's like operating systems in the '60s and '70s. That was a nascent thing. Sure, there's more growth there, but there's less, you know, permanent cash mm-hmm. flow. I mean, Microsoft basically rents you a computer at this point. They don't. Mm-hmm. You don't own your computer. You have to freaking rent it from them. You know. Mm-hmm, like you have right. to basically pay them 
an access fee to the to the world. You know, there's Linux and whatever, mm -hmm. but generally, eighty percent of the desktops mm -hmm. are owned by Microsoft. You have to pay them a fee to be able to even access right. the internet through their operating system, right? Right. So, so I'm just so, saying. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. So, so, so I mean, so, so I think really all the capitalists. This is recapitulating. No pun intended. All the capitalists are just trying to become a, a monopoly, which in the end is just yeah. being a rentier. Yeah. Instead of yeah. All I'm saying though is you know between so when it broke down in 29 and then when it started to have stagnation again in 79, um, that movement you saw a shift from tycoons and old school capitalism to like managerial capitalism where managers are representing absentee uh owners and that's the ascendance of the pmc and the pmcification of the world and you can see that in like in the in the mythological fantastic imaginary ideological realm like you know films cartoons kids books and stuff and it just seems to me like what is you were saying Christianity's role in old school capitalism? Like, amen, cross yourself, get to work. Amor fati, just work yourself to death. Um, you'll be replaced. Don't you worry, you'll be replaced. Um, now it's like be the Lorex, be the Lorex. Well, I mean, uh, recycle, separate your trash, uh, speak, you know, maybe BLM, ACAB, you know, on, t on Tinder, you got to wave your virtue. Um, virtue, uber alles, and um, you know, well, grow a grow a handlebar mustache. Can't do imagine that, imagine being asked in the 1930s, why do you want this job? You'd be like, bitch, because I don't want to starve. Right. You know, like, but now they ask you, why do you want this job? And because you have I to care up, about gender gender and, equality, and you have to come up with some narrative that explains how your entire life has been leading up to the point. Where now you can be a a you know rental representative for Avis, mm -hmm. you know, and you're just like, dude, no one's life was directed at renting cars at fucking Avis. Why are we making these demands? Because we've <clears throat> created a society where you must quote unquote enjoy your work, right? That's right, right. You have to like show that you're not just this crass like you know capitalist or whatever, or just this worker who wants to like you know not live under a bridge mm -hmm. you know and, and so that's that's kind of um that's just part of this process of 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 sort of industry maturing you know and and also of how we move from sort of industrial labor to finance to you know to financial capital and i don't know i mean it sucks because we're basically even more alienated from ourselves than we were before because before we were mm -hmm. alienated from our bodies now we're alienated from our bodies and our passions. And our minds. Yeah. Oh. And our minds. Because it's like, back in the day, it's like, you don't like your job, it sucks, but it's over at five o'clock. You can go be with your family or the guys or the gals or whatever. Go do whatever. And now it's like, but you don't love your job? What are you just in this for the money? Don't you know how important this is? What's wrong with you? you don't you want to stay after the office? We're all we're friends here. Yeah, we're family. We're not friends, I'm not even your boss. Family. I'll grab you a six pack. There's a couch, you know. Grab a squ squishy stress ball. We're all we're all in this together. It's the passion of the Lorax. The yeah, passion like, of the Lorax. The passion. <laughs> so of the now Lorax. the Lorax went from Obama to Christ. 
This is this is well, Obama is Christ. Is Obama Christ? For a lot of liberals, he yeah. fucking is. Absolutely. <laughs> like, like if I if I if you criticize Obama in front of a liberal, I mean it, it it's like the first thing is you're racist. That's like the, well, that's the that's the the base layer insult. After that, the floodgates open, and you're the worst human being in the history of the planet. You're like you you're a Trumper. You're, he I mean, never had a fair uh, shot with that Republican Congress. You're not being fair. I think that that's going by the wayside. Uh, maybe if you're, you know, not like a cracker looking like me, but you know, because if I say something bad about Obama, the first thing is like, well, you look white. So I don't care that you're Puerto Rican. It's like, so oh. you're racist. It's like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> try your best to not look white, man. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, try well, what, kind of, what kind of fucking atmosphere are we in? Where that I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not like it's this horrible thing, but it's just true. <laughs> you know, like it's just like it's this immediate thing. Like I'll Unfortunate have. Unfortunate for you, if you look like me. Yeah, it, it's like it's like literally like this blonde, blue-eyed motherfucker will be like, "Well, you must be a racist because you don't like Obama." I'm like, dude, get the fuck out of here. You know, like what do you no like. He literally like signed something that turned Puerto Rico into like a 19th century colony. Why the fuck would I like him? You know, that's what they do though. Virtue and morality is their their weapon, and their weapon of choice is the psychological. Like, when when the hurricane happened and people were like, "Wow, all these people died because of Trump," I'm like, "Well, th- let's tease this out. They died because there was a hurricane and there was inappropriate response to the mm-hmm. hurricane. Why was there inappropriate response to the hurricane? Well." Half of it is because the federal government didn't do shit. The other half is because the federal government gutted out the Puerto Rican government. But that was not done by Trump. That was done by all the presidents before Trump because he, he didn't really have enough time to gut the Puerto Rican government. You know, he had just been there in office, what, like a year? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, Trump was responsible directly. But so was Obama and so was Clinton. And so, you know, it, 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 and this is the kind of, you're not allowed to make those arguments. You're not allowed to say those things, you know, because pick a side. Which side are you on? Uh huh. Are on you the on the side of, the of management? Trees. The I'm trees. On the side of the trees. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but the trees aren't allowed to speak or act. Shut the fuck up. I I'm am, speaking for you. I am Marco, and I speak for the trees, man. <laughs> yeah, you made it. You made it. Welcome. But who's allowed to speak? I, 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 uh, I did a lot of ayahuasca, and the trees started talking to me. So it's not that they can't talk. It's that you got to do some ayahuasca. You got to do the ayahuasca. After now you do you know. the ayahuasca, the trees will talk to you. And they glow too. What is that? Drugs, bro. Drugs. If you want a more, like, better ecological critique, read Swamp Thing. Because Swamp Thing's there to murder people. You Mm. come in fucking up his swamp, he's going to murder you. That's right. Because he's fighting back. He's not going to tell you you're doing the wrong thing. He's going to show you. But that's a vulgar working class conception of how we conduct ourselves politically. He should be building a library and, and giving uh, uh, non-genetically modified carrots to toddlers. Don't worry. Education will hmm. save us all. We'll be educated out of this problem. I mean, Swamp Thing, does that even exist anymore? Yes. They made a horrible TV show. Yeah, but when? Um, like a year ago. Say, yeah. Okay. But they canceled it because it was way too expensive to shoot because they had to keep like a whole fake swamp inside of a soundstage. And it was just like, 
they were spending was like garbage and they were boring. spending like 10 million dollars a month just keeping the swamp alive kind of full circle the same reason swamp thing the show was garbage is the same reason why the lorax kind of got weird the 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 movie because in swamp thing they make it this whole relationship thing he meets this chick mm -hmm. for like a day And then he falls in love with her and then he becomes the swamp thing. And the whole time it's about trying to it's, change him back, oh trying God. to fix him. I mean, which is like, somewhat in him? the comic he's, book. But he's, he's kick ass at this point. He's a fucking demigod. And he's kicking ass in the swamp. Fuck that. I'm fucking swamp thing. He's I'm fighting gonna, for the good fight. You know, I you know I, not, not to get all like weird red pill, but why is it that like dudes always have to be fixed by a woman in these things? Well, because you fucking suck with your misogyny. Get the fuck out of here. You It, know it's why. Like he, you know, like the guy has to save the planet to get a kiss on the cheek. The guy has right. to stop being swamp thing to get the girl. I mean, it's just like, it's just exhausting. Like, But why? that's not even really in the comic book. Like in the comic well, she, book. The, there's a love interest in the comic book. It's yes, just definitely. With, like, that's white that's hair. half of Swamp Thing. There is a yeah. love interest in Swamp Thing. But the thing is, basically, at a certain point, she gives up and it's just trying to figure out how he can there are times when he basically inhabits a human body that's when constantine comes in the swamp thing and he inhabits his body just to get laid for the rest of the time he's like i'm swamp thing doing my swamp thing shit i don't care and it's about the woman trying to have sex with him that's generally swamp thing's problem oh he just can't get laid he can't get laid to the swamp thing uh-huh You know? Well, I mean, there is, the trees don't speak. There is <laughs> so some we weird, there's some weird savage being redeemed by the white woman thing there. I don't know. Eh, I don't know. But, eh, I mean, but that's the like, other weird thing in, in the, the Lorax. He's like this thing of the swamp, you know, and, and yeah. he's not fully human. And there's Jungle this, fever. All that. Well, there's he this might. like blonde chick. That wants to get with him. It's, uh, it could also be, be a class thing. It's like, who's this crude, unrefined uh, dude? He, uh, you know, he he doesn't fit into this. Tarzan. The stair. The the, the what is it? The, See, but um, Tarzan, his whiteness allows him to to be groomed. You know, kind of. It's just happenstance, though. But it's his his ruggedness and his naturalness that makes him attractive. Mm. Oh, yeah. He's so pure. He's the Swamp thing is pure. He, he's, uh, what is the James Dean, you know? It's like a rebel without a cause kind of thing. Kind of. James Dean of the jungle. Yeah. Well, but really she's, um, she's a rapist because she's trying to procreate with someone with the intellectual capacity of a six-year-old. Yeah, but women can't rape men, dude. So don't, don't go down that road. Okay. Bad take. That we're going to get, we're going to get completely like destroyed <laughs> if you say that. Bad take. <laughs> um... <laughs> Dude, But in uh, the Lorax, it gets weird when they have to make a love interest between children, which is common now. Well, and it's whatever. I mean, Freud said over 100 years ago, children have sexuality, especially when you have to market shit to that demographic. You're going to do that. I mean, hmm. so we could go down that, I mean, rabbit hole. But I mean, one thing I'm thinking. There's a, the there's a difference between children have sexuality and children understand sex the same way that adults do, though. Well, I mean, they have sexuality, so you got to exploit that shit to the hilt to sell that film, to get that to get those rents. Because that it, film's not going to sell itself. It's inappropriate, though, in a, in a, in a deep way, that because you're trying to instill this sort of feeling, sensations, and relationship to something that's really profound and, like, dangerous. In someone who's completely incapable of handling it, like a a, a, ten, a ten year old kid cannot handle that shit. You know, that's sure. why they repress it. 
Well, but let's even take it to the the logic of it, right? The the premise is that this boy, he goes and talks to this girl that he likes, and she has she's been baking a painting of trees, right? And this is she says, you know, if someone is able to find a tree, then I will marry them. So the whole time he goes out there. For him, it's a business proposition. Yes. Almost. Okay. I get this fucking seed. I plant this tree. Get the girl. I'm going to get the girl. Right? Whereas the movie could have taken a different turn, even if you want to have the love interest in there, that this boy is helping this girl save the trees, not doing it for her. This could have been her thing. She wants to save the trees because she loves trees, not just paintings of trees or the idea that she wants the air clean. That could have been the premise. Because that's not even the premise that they want the air clean. That just comes in later. Maybe this little girl wants the air clean. So she's going out there on this adventure to find the seed. And this she little boy likes her, so he's there. And that's how you add the little boy. But yeah. That's and they've also- never seen a tree in their lives. But, yeah, but I mean, if, if she wants the air clean, why doesn't she just call Elon Musk and get one of those big... Well, that's what she's got. They have clean air that the capitalists (laughs) are selling them in these bottles. And she wants the trees because they're pretty. And he wants the girl because she's pretty. No one gives a fuck about the trees except maybe the granny. But I think, I mean, here though, like, let's not succumb to the moralizing. I mean, pardon me, but so we're staying within the um, logic of the film. And I don't feel like this is going too far because the interpretations are getting pretty extravagant anyways. So I think this is what Hegel calls the cunning of reason, you know? The, he calls uh, what? The cunning of reason, the list der Vernunft. Um, yeah. so You're like, getting too Hegelian for me. I mean, it's, it's, it's also just like um, the, the paradox of saving. You know, macro <laughs> phenomena emerge out of micro interactions. You have your ends in mind. I have my ends in mind. Okay. You've got your ends in mind. And then no one intends for what happens, but we bring it about through what we do, right? And so reason works in cunning, cunning ways behind our backs, behind our backs. And so like the kid wants, so the girl wants the pretty tree. The, the boy wants, wants the- You want some tail? The, the boy wants the girl. Um, um, and And- they all have their own motivations, but um, but let's not judge historical agents. I'm not judging. I think by their motivations their, are proper. Their intentions. Let's judge them by their outcomes. So the outcome is they they bash that squatty little capitalist, and then they plant that tree, and then everything's okay happily ever after. And then they turn thirteen and break up. Maybe, but um, maybe I'm too Aristotelian. But I judge them by everything: the intentions, the actions, the outcome. The whole thing's to be judged, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. because it, sure, you might by Mr. Magoo chance have a good outcome through like incorrect intention, but that's right. some Mr. Magoo shit right there. No, like, no, that no, 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 no. That's not what I mean. No, yeah. I'm saying it's not about right or wrong outcome. I just mean that the way history works at the on the big picture uses the intentions and motivations and incentives of the individuals as tools. They're, they they have functions, but it, it in no way corresponds. It would be like, you know, you, you know, it's like relativity and quantum mechanics. Like these these things do not one to one map onto each other. But my thing, yeah, I get I get that right. They don't have the intentions of causing this good result. But the so good let's result not condemn you know, happens. You don't condemn the result. 
But or don't condemn the kid and the girl. No, 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 no. I'm not condemning the kid and the the, the girl. But I mean, condemn all children. Like there is no, <laughs> <laughs> there is no point you in say the this movie parent, no where this result is laid out. Is kind of, I mean, it's loosely laid out as you know the intent. I mean, the grandma kind of wants the trees back. What does the mom want? The mom just wants her son to be there at game night. You know, mm-hmm. she doesn't. She just, just wants peace and quiet, boy. man. You guys don't have kids. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, despite the result, like, the movie as a movie. So when you're the director or you are the writer of a movie, you are God. And you have an intent of what message you're trying to convey. Sure. And the message that they were conveying through these, you know, uh, animated children... Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the intent was to bring back the trees because, you know, we want to take back the commons Mm -hmm. or capitalism is out of control. Mm -hmm. What was conveyed is that if you want the girl, you find the thing that she wants so Mm -hmm. you can get the girl Mm -hmm. and that the girl wants the thing. So she needs to ask a boy to get the thing and then he'll get it for her. Mm -hmm. And along the way. The because the thing you want is going to save the world, you save the world. Mm-hmm. That's all well and good, but at the same time, that's just a positive. It doesn't externality. matter. That's just like a bonus, right? So if you actually wanted to convey a message of trying to save the world, let's say because we're talking to kids, you want to boil it down to something that simple. If you want to convey the message of, you know, saving the world, you have to have different motivations. Because at the end of the day, they're not trying to save the world. Right. Well, I mean, it seems like two possibilities here if we exit then, the logic. So we're, we're running into this issue, like, and we haven't sort of said it explicitly, which is really just, again, back to the Aristotle, instrumental ends versus final ends, right? And so insofar as we are valuing things because of what they bring about, we're actually devaluing them, which is, this, which is exactly what capitalism does. Because the only thing worth anything in capitalism is that profit created in the sort of MCM moment, that that what that orgasm where money gets sort of remade again from the commodity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so so everything in the process gets devalued. You don't make good cars because good cars are a good thing in mm-hmm. themselves. You make the car the, the least bad car you can make and still get just as much money. Right. And, and you what, save yeah. you don't save the trees because the trees are good in themselves, which they are. You save the trees because they make free oxygen. Cost cutting. That's the managerial ethos displayed there. Yes. So 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 this process of devaluing everything so that profit can be the one true source of value is really at the core of capitalism. And of the ideology that fuels the movie. And that's why I say they're still capitalists. Because they're still engaging in that devaluing of everything. Right? I would say everyone but the granny. Because the granny seems to want the trees. Because <laughs> you really... You, I'm just saying. You, you, like, you like the granny. Huh? There's, there's, there's... Like, you gotta, you gotta try to figure out every character in a movie. It's not you about liking had, the granny. What is you the must have had portray? a really nice grandma. I got... I, 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 I had the best grandma. There but, you go. But, um, <laughs> despite that, if you're looking at the most, like, I want to pull out if I could show something to a kid and be like, this character is doing this for this reason. 
And this is the good example of why you should do it. Mm -hmm. Can I use that grandma to show someone who is doing it for the right reasons? The kid is doing it to get the girl. The girl is doing it because she likes the way trees look and she wants to touch one. And, you know, the O'Hare guy doesn't want to happen, doesn't want it to happen because he wants profit. He's a bad guy. The mother just wants to make her son happy. But the grandma has this historical recollection of the trees and she kind of wants them for none of those reasons, except that the trees are good. I think you could pull her out and say that. Well, she remembers when there were trees. She's old enough right. to remember a time before um, neoliberalism. Uh, but I mean, two things. I want to two things. It's it is the film is enforcing like traditional gender or instilling ge traditional gender behavior in kids. Like, if you want to get a kiss on the cheek from the cute girl, you got to find out what she wants and give it to her. And she, and, and for the girl, if you. If you want to get that pretty thing you like, you have to find a nice boy who will bend over backwards to do it for you. I mean, it's pretty cheap. You just give him a kiss. Um, there's that, but but I mean, and it's also sort of pre-woke. Like, this was from 2014, the reboot, so like, maybe that wouldn't happen now so much. But um, But on the other hand, though, this is like classic. It's a morality play. You can't just smack people straight out of the gate with the with the didactic message like, "Hey, fucker, separate your trash." Like Frank. I thought from Blue the Velvet. original did that though. The original was pretty pretty. Well, it was condensed into twenty five minutes, right? But, but it was also like, yeah, it was pretty crude and straightforward. But you know, you got to start with something that people can relate to, so it's usually romance, and then you sort of work them up to the conclusion. It's like. You know, hey, you can you can give a shit about nature and have fun. You know, so whatever. I mean, it, it, I'm thinking of Avatar. Thing. You know, like the movie Avatar, and they they squeeze. Right. You haven't seen it. You should you should see it. Um, I won't I won't say it's a great movie or anything like that. But um, if you didn't see it in theaters, it's a bad movie. Well, I I, I like that we have giant dudes killing. You know, yeah, that's like, pretty awesome, but it's a lot better on a giant screen in three. Well, yeah, it, it's more, you know, it's more interesting that way. But I, I do like the fact that it's about basically the natives fighting the colonial extracting settler colonialist, you know, sort of regime coming in, right? Mm -hmm. But I was thinking about how they, even in that, they just have this need to inject the romantic interest. It's like a, always. it's like a virus, man. Like it always have to have a romantic interest. Like the other day, I was trying to find a movie that I wanted to watch that did not have a romantic interest in it. I spent like a fucking hour and a half, like just flipping oh, through. Yeah. Like, it just over and over. like there are some, but it's basically like crazy, like you know, murder shoot movies. 'em up movies, right. or like you know, or or it has to be like a horror movie, or it has to be like an action movie. Sometimes you know, some comedies will not have them, but not, but most of them do. It's like it is just and, and so it started me thinking like about how there's got to be some ideological control thing going on 100 percent with this because well, sure so little of your day to day life is about romantic interest. And all of a sudden, every damn like narrative that they sell you to watch is about romantic interest. You know, well, talking Aristotle, you you know, talking Aristotle, I mean, you need that identification like the the viewer and the what's presented you need an identification relationship and the easiest one for all humans to relate to i mean maybe it's libid maybe it's romantic maybe it's erotic i mean that's the lowest common denominator basically no matter what your 
what you're into, there's something like that. And so it's just easy to get people lured in with that and then take them on a course of a story that they wouldn't have. Like if you start at the, if you start halfway through, people aren't going to pay attention. You got to start start it, low it, and work your way up. But there's something really lazy about it too, though, yeah. right? Because sure, like, it's you have to provide it, it, it the motivation what's the cheapest. Yeah, and it also reminded me of how like uh, representationalist like identity politics and and sort of media operate too, where like people like well people will literally like non ironically post on Facebook, can you tell me movies that have women leading? I want to watch some women led movies, right? And I'm like, that is such a weird reason to choose to watch something. Well, it's like, brace can yourself. You show me can can you show me a movie that has a Puerto Rican in the lead? I want to watch a movie with a Puerto Rican in the lead. Brace like, yourself, because that's where this is going. It's not going to be. I mean, the traditional thing is, you know, boy meets girl, whatever. You have you have like what four themes: fish out of water, boy. Boy meets girl is in all of them. Uh, that's all the traditional stuff. Now it's going to be the identity stuff. I want to watch a film with someone like, maybe not like me, but someone like the group of people who I think are the good people. Mm-hmm. And so the Lorex, right? I I want. Netflix, show me a movie about the trees, right? Because I speak for the trees, right? Mm-hmm. And so, brace yourself, man. It's coming. That's what so, it's going to be. That's the strange thing. Like, what you were saying, Marco, like, I want to see this. We need more black representation in media. So, I remember there was a thing going around online saying the dude from Star Wars, the new Star Wars, who played Finn, don't know, John Boyega, that's his name. They were saying that he should play Superman. And me and my brother were like, that's fucking retarded. Why? Because Superman is the archetype of basically he is an alien who comes and he has a white rule experience. And that's how he relates to the world. And that's his identity crisis, how Mm -hmm. he identifies with that rule experience. And it's a good story. If you want to have black Superman and you want to have representation, there is a black Superman. He's called Icon. It's the same character with the black version of Superman's experience. So if you want to have representation, it's not about pigeonholing this color no, of person is, into this story, like having women as the Ghostbusters or the Ocean's 8. It is. It's about telling a new story about a woman or about a black character. No, man, it's about rewriting history. Well, I, what I tell people, you know, to, to really, when they start with that shit, it's like, well, I mean, that's cool, but then I want to have, you know, T'Challa be a white dude. You know, like I want a white Black Panther. I don't <laughs> want any of that shit. I, I know. I mean, think of how ridiculous that would be. As, 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 it would be tar- <laughs> it is, that, that exists though. It's Tarzan again. <laughs> it exists. I know, but it's just the thing is, it, it's just like, like you, you know, at some point I was flipping through Netflix and they used to categorize in weird ways. And Netflix decided one day it was like, you like movies with strong female leads. So these are movies with strong female leads. At no point in my life had I ever even crossed my mind that I like movies with strong female leads. So then I started thinking, well, yeah, I like all these movies and they all have strong right. female leads. But it's like having it's a type. It's a you didn't story. know story. I don't give a shit that it's like, you know, no. like it's, it, the algorithm read your unconscious. It found yeah, a little and, OJ. And so it's like, <laughs> like I, and it's just such a like I can identify with uh, Veronica Mars, you know, she's like a white mm. blonde girl from Orange County. What the fuck do I have in common with her? But I can identify with her. She's a fucking human being. She's got right. similar issues to me. Like, I can identify with that character. You don't and have to just, make her uh, Kristen she, Bell, Be- Be- Bell, that's her name. Yeah. You don't have to make her into Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, Sherlock I mean, Holmes is a guy. Yeah. Like, and, 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 and I can identify with Sherlock Holmes. I've been in situations where like, I have been 
socially inappropriate. Well, I'm always in situations where I'm socially inappropriate. So I can identify with Sherlock Holmes, even though I'm not a British guy from the 19th century. You know, like I can identify with Odysseus. I'm not a Greek guy from 4,000 years ago. Can you identify with Odysseus? Yeah. Can you? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you wake up, you go to work. You try to come home. It's the Odyssey. You know? uh, there it you takes go. like it takes like fourteen hours sometimes. I just wanted to hear it. You're just have trying you to ever, get back. Have you ever been on the freeway in LA in the afternoon? It feels like the Odyssey. It feels like the Odyssey. <laughs> Guys, let's break. Let's break with the frame of the film. Um, something you said, Marco. You said the ideology is that all they're all capitalists, and um, I want to say so to transition to something else. Um, it's managerial ideology. And so if it's all, if the ethos of capitalists, it's like this, this um, Silicon Valley, um, California capitalism. Where hippies. Hippies, you know, PMC At stuff. best. Because here's the thing. Uh, as we all know, um, six books by Dr. Seuss basically are not going to be are reprinted. Are we going to talk about this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> On March twenty, on March second, twenty twenty one, Doctor Seuss's birthday. Now, I think the reason we should talk about this is because it exemplifies the Lorax complex so well. Hmm. The sort of mental frame of the Lorax. Reiterate the, what the Lorax complex is. So the archetypic, the passion of the Lorax, right? Passion. The manager, like, like I'm not even getting paid for this shit. I just give a fuck so hard. I'm gonna save the world because I care about these passive. Captain Planet. Victims who need someone to be virtuous for them. Yeah, you know, like I'm a Okay. So I love how they gave the the Indian kid like love as his like element. Mm, it was like that's right. You know, like the, the native Well, he's know, Gandhi. Indigenous. He's a nonviolent resistor. He Everyone was else like, gets the Well he has to be like, a pacifist because earth, he's fire, water, love. Heart. Heart. Like, heart. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> That's so that the imperialists can crush mm-hmm. him under the boot, and he's just like, "I love you," right? Yeah. So fucked up. <laughs> it's, it's it's hilariously fucked up. It I know. It's, it, it's, it's Hamilton level fucked up. See, I, I think when I was a kid, I mean, that came, I was not a kid when that came out. I was a little bit, little bit older, but, but when I, I, was. I was a kid, I was a kid. Stuff like that would come out, and I would just be like. What is this garbage? Why is it so? I didn't use that word, but why is it so fucking didactic? Like, yeah. are they trying to brainwash me? Like, this well, is oh, I love that shit. <laughs> well, they like, are. I, I, mean, I, I, I hated it. I would only watch things that like had no redeeming value. Not the only way that I knew that I was not being propagandized in the extreme. Now do I realize I was being propagandized anyway? Because everything is freaking propaganda in this society, uh-huh. but. But I was immediately allergic to stuff like that because it felt maybe I'm too much of a contrarian, but immediately felt like they were trying to tell me how to be and how to act. Mm. And I was like, fuck you. I'm not doing that. Well, it's so plain on its face. And the only people who were saying that this is trash at the time were people like fucking Rush Limbaugh and scumbags like him. I mean, the liberals are so conformist and so pro-establishment that like you can't disagree with them without being lumped in with the- Dude, I was five and I just wanted some firepowers. Yeah, those, I thought those, it was cool too. Those earth powers were pretty kick ass too. And I don't think it's Wind a conspiracy. Sucks, water sucks. Heart sucks. It's about fire. It's about earth, man. Crushing people or burning them. I mean, the Power Rangers are probably managers too at the end of the day. And I thought they were cool when I was a kid. Uh, but 
I mean, bottom line is just like it just exudes the PMC ethos and standpoint. And um, You've been it's in interesting. academia too long, man. You've been in academia too long. This PMC shit is killing you. Like just killing you. It's academia like, is like layers and layers and layers people. and layers is, of PMC. Like, babe, I see it's dead people. I see dead people and I don't see yeah. them. And he's always telling me about the fucking dead people. Check this out. Okay. Now <laughs> tell me if the cancellation of these Dr. Seuss books does not perfectly illustrate. First they didn't get canceled. Is that a pun? Uh, perfectly no. illustrate? No. I don't no. know if it's a pun, but you know what I mean. You know. It's not um, like a weird, you know. Behind behind the do-gooder uh, ideology that is showing its face, there is like a crude um, concern with with protecting the brand, protecting the cash. That's what flow. I think it is. I don't think it was canceled. They were just protecting the brand. It's yeah. it's it's like it's like preemptive war. It's preemptive cancellation. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so, it's, so, oh, that's obvious. They don't. But they, get this. Get this. Get this. On Dr. Seuss's birthday, it's called Dr. Seuss Enterprises. Awesome. Ceased publishing and licensing those six books because of the imagery that they themselves deemed as racist and insensitive. So the books were, and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street, which I remember, I don't know, I don't remember the others. If I ran in the zoo. We used to read that to my kid when he was like a kid, like a baby. You're bad. Basically. You're a bad kid. So I guess you are I'm bad. Yeah. Yeah. Miguel, it's cool. On on beyond uh, on beyond zebra scrambled egg super the cat's quizzer, at any rate, basically, I mean, they said, I mean, I saw some of the pictures. The one has a yellow skin guy with a sort of almond slit eyes, and they call him a Chinaman in the first instant. instant in the first okay. publication, the second, it's a Chinese man. But it was just adding things to this sort of crazy group of random stuff this kid's telling stories a man eating with chopsticks and i mean that was the one it was you know so bad i mean the, the the worst ones were like um basically naked black people barefoot with um the sort of the sort of um, the, the bone thing on the nose um i'm not sure about that but like the straw dresses um whatever but, I, I, I mean it's like Let's just. I get why some people can find it offensive, and at the same time, is there anyone who looks good in a Dr. Seuss book? Like nobody looks like a fucking alien. But what's important is that 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 this group of managers, Dr. Seuss Enterprises, Mm -hmm. these brand managers are preemptively. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it's like you know, if you're breeding dogs, you're probably going to have to put a few down. They don't want the racism red card. That's right. If you're breeding pit bulls and one of them's overly aggressive, you kill it. And yeah. so you got these six books. They're gonna they're gonna poison your brand. Like Dr. Seuss isn't a thing. That's a Dr. Seuss is a word. Like you have a constant income of rents every month. People don't buy books anymore. It's all getting rents from films and rights, toys. You name. If it. anyone could see this room, this guy saying people don't buy books anymore is ridiculous. Yeah, but he's an outlier. <laughs> I am definitely. I don't think. I don't think I'm the rule. Keep here. going. I'm sorry. It's but it's 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 licensing. What they're talking about is the right to intellectual property uh, to enjoy intellectual property with toys and, uh, but mostly films. And you know, you get the book on your computer or whatever. You pay a rent, mm-hmm. and so they know that they're thinking forward. They're good managers, mm-hmm. and they. 
they know that they're going to have to cancel themselves or they're going to be canceled and then their brand will be tainted. So you look really good if you get Stephen Colbert getting up there on television and saying like, Dr. Seuss hasn't been canceled. We've just decided that it's better if we don't use images which make people feel bad because of the way they represent racial yada yada. It's like, man, none of these people give a fuck about anything right. but the money. This shit has been going on since the 90s. Little boy blue. I mean, this, this has at least been going on since like PC That's culture. exactly. Like, you know, sure, like, sure. I, I mean, I told you about this. I had, where I went to college, they canceled the fucking Sadie Hawkins dance because it was heterosexist. Now, the person who canceled it was a straight white woman. It's just like, why? Because she speaks for the fucking trees, Marco. She speaks for the gays, right? She, none right. of the gays were, no, she's like, yeah, this has been going on forever. And now this woman is in her 40s and she's probably running some like publisher. NGO, pub- probably. Publi- publishing is 90, you know, it's like freaking 90% white women dominated, right? And. Mm. Yeah, it is. It, there, there's actually a couple of years ago an article because where this black man said like it's kind of hard getting published because white women run publishing. Man, that was a shitstorm because mm. like they're not really interested in stories about black men. Mm. <laughs> it was a fucking shitstorm. Um, uh, but yeah, so, so now she's you know the same. I imagine that twenty other colleges graduated twenty other women like her who are now involved in these decisions. You know, of canceling shit because. Someone somewhere might find something offensive, you know, and it's just good management to not be the offensive right. person because if you right. can't cancel it preemptively, that's hey, business. I'm I'm ahead of yeah. It, it, I took it down is, the tweets. I'm good. I apologize and I took down the tweets. That's why that's why it's easy to be for to be for gay marriage. It doesn't cost a company anything to be for gay marriage. Right. It like might we cost. Have to you, this discussion, we talked to a lady from the Debt Collective, and when we were talking, you know, about representation came up, you know, that, um, you know, that there is a racial bias in, you know, wealth disparity, whatever. And we were talking about how if we're talking about debt, we need to do this in an equitable, equitable way, right? All of those, to me, to some extent, start sounding like just words, because I was saying that what I think is largely what you were saying, like representation, saying you're for the gay, saying you don't hate black people, that shit's easy. I believe all that's been done. Most mm-hmm. of the legal hurdles have been jumped over, you know? Like the in problem principle, is, if not in yeah, effect. Not in fact, but in principle, meaning on the books, there is equality. The problem is, in reality, there isn't equality. So why isn't there equality? In reality, it's economic because minorities were poor in the past. And the economics haven't changed. They're going to be poor in the future. And because they're poor, they're victims of a system mm-hmm. that fucking hates poor people more it than other people. Feeds on poor people. Like, well, uh, I mean, it, the better... The, this is one of the ironic things, though. The better the lot in life of the white working class, the better the lot for minorities. All the advances that happen for minorities legally happened after the new deal why because the white working class was doing okay as soon as shit gets bad for the white mm-hmm. working class that's when you get a flare-up of, an- that's of what racist we were talking about and too. shit like that so if you want shit to be good for for minorities 
you don't need to have racially means tested shit. You just need to have universal shit. programs. <laughs> you just, you just need, need to shits. have stuff for everyone. <laughs> right? And all of a sudden, life is better. You know, it's like if we eliminate if, like the idea that you with PMC people, you know, with a straight face would be like, well, we can't be eliminating college debt because it's going to help white people. We should have it. And it's like, it's not just fair. PMC. And, and, and it's just like, that's insane because you just said that black people have more college debt than white people. So, like, what kind of fucking crazy statement is that? No. But that's also why they love means testing. Because it's a way to keep the this, this, this system the way it is, right? And if the crazy you do universal part, programs. Ellison, yeah. the other thing is, if you do universal programs, do you think that the white guy, no matter how racist he is, from Alabama or wherever, or from New York, or... He's going to be like, I don't want that universal program. Well, no, right. he's going to want the universal program. He's getting help from it. Right. He doesn't, care if, he doesn't care if the black guy gets help too. He just doesn't want the black guy to get help and he not get help. Right. That's his fucking problem in life. It's like, right. that's not, I mean, and, and, and to some extent, he's got a point. Why should one group of people get helped over another? It shouldn't happen. We just live in a society that helps white people over black people. And that's fucked up. But why should we move to one that it's the inverse? It's just, we don't even that. have a society that helps it. white people over black people. We have a society that hurts black people over white. It hurts poor people. It's I, it's, it's a total I, twist. I, I, Nobody's I, helping anybody in this society. I, I I fully I fully agree with you. I think you know one of the more interesting things is that the category of privilege gets overused mm -hmm. because a tax on black people is not a privilege to white people. It's just a tax right. on black people. You know, and, and, and if we think, well, I want it to be the same. That's like, fuck no. I don't want cops killing white people at the no. rate they kill black people. That's fucking insane. I want cops to not kill anyone. But, but it would be at least be equitable. An eye for an eye makes the world blind. Oh, the yeah, world is fair. I, I, did you yeah, just quote equitable. Gandhi? It, it, no? it's a, an eye for an eye makes the world. Is that? Is that? I think yeah, that's Gandhi. That's Gandhi. Oh, fuck you it. hippie. Hey. Um. You know what's inter an interesting thing about, about Gandhi is the the process of where he got like that kind of past you know nonviolent ideology. It was through mm -hmm. um oh my god, War and Peace through uh, Tolstoy, Tolstoy, right? But Tolstoy actually got it from the Quakers mm. that went to visit him, sense. and so so then all these Quakers in the U.S. are constantly trying to get their their ideology from Gandhi. They don't even know that they're just like doing some weird like uh This was before QAnon, non violence right? like, you know, money laundering or something. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds like um Illuminati or something. Oh, but kind of back to the Lorax, if he wasn't speaking for the trees and he was organizing the trees to represent themselves, if he was I don't know if we have a function like that in society. I mean, how the question is, how the fuck does he? I mean, the 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 barbalutes and the swami swans and the singing fish and the lorax and all these people in this Garden of Eden, none of them are working. They're all just sort of leisurely kicking back and enjoying the fruits from the truffula trees. Right. And it's like, what kind of weird? What kind of weird worldview is this? Like, what, who would you have to be in order to imagine things are like this way? How did, where does the Lorax get his income? Like, 
This is crazy. He doesn't need you it. Don't, you, but you don't need income in, in a non-capitalist society, right? I mean, this is one of the issues that the British run into when they're trying to colonize Africa. People like just had enough to like live off of like a couple hours of labor and they just didn't go work at the factories. And so the British started this whole thing like, they're lazy because they can make more money shoving themselves into a factory for 10 hours a day. Mm-hmm. We got to come up with a tax. We got to tax them. That's your MMT right there. Yeah, we got to right. tax them to, to force them, them to go to work, mm-hmm. you know, so that they can make more money to pay the tax. But so it was but, like an existing tax right, right. that they needed to put on, on, on right. the Africans to force them to go to work because they were like, why am I going to like shove myself into a factory for 10 hours a day when I can literally plant some sweet potatoes and eat and be and fine working back. two hours a day and like enjoying my life? Yeah, but that's if we take the if we take the story like literally. But it seems to me that instead, I think the whole story is presented from the perspective of the Lorax. And so yes. you're not just seeing a capitalist objectively or the barbaloots or or the truffula trees. It's all from the standpoint of the Lorax. And like, you know, I've often noticed in films, like let's say, for instance, like Friends, Seinfeld, these 90s series that sort of that was like high P that's like peak PMC shit. These people never work. Even when work is involved, mm. it's like a coffee break at the copy machine. There is no work in this universe. They're all the Lorax. And so they're all just having hot takes, holding the right opinions, being virtuous or whatever. And it's like, it, it, to, to, to your point, like, why doesn't the Lorax organize the trees? Or why does the Lorax think about the world he's in as a bunch of passive objects, victims that need right. to be defended? Well, because he fundamentally conceives of himself not as a worker at all. He's or, never working. More to the point, why does he represent the trees and not the 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 birds and the bears and well, the, the funny fish, thing is the things that have off. agency? He sends them off. When the capitalist, I mean, he's a little fucking, you know, when the capitalist ruins you the really whole environment. You really don't like the Lorax, huh? Just, he kind of sucks. Well, he says, do you remember? You he's Obama. like, Obama. I get it. Now I have to send off my barbaloots because yes. they can't live here anymore. It's like, yo, Lorax, why are you sending them off? Why aren't you arming them? Right. Well, because he doesn't understand himself that way. Because he speaks for the trees. He doesn't speak for the barbaloots. Well, barbaloots, <laughs> truffula trees. I mean, whatever. Let's not mince things. They're no, no, I'm, say, I'm saying that literally as a point. So, like, well, let's say someone. So you only cares the about the trees. He doesn't give a fuck about the- It's not like people don't give a shit about civil rights. So they say something like, you know, transsexual people can't speak for themselves. So we need to be there to defend them. Or white people, you need to speak up for black people. Why don't you go work? White with bodies these defend black bodies. Well, We've exactly. heard that before. It's like when you get it's like when you get when you get like PMC white feminists saying shit like women make seventy cents on the dollar from men. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, actually you make more money than black men. I mean, but the point and, is, and you can't, you know, it, because they don't care about that because they care about their little like what their one issue. Everyone else go fuck themselves because they speak for the women, but really, so you're they speak and no. My for point is, is they always pick to speak for the most marginalized group that has the least voice instead of organizing all of the voices. You could say, I don't just speak for transsexuals or the trees. I speak for black people and the bears. I speak for Hispanic people. Uh, they're barbaloots. And barbaloots. You just no, miss. No, I, you, I miss don't even... uh, you miss. Um, I don't I, know if that's I, mis. That's not misgendering, but you misnamed them. Whatever. They're, they prefer to them. be called barbaloots. Um, 
Barbalutes. I speak for the Barbalutes. I speak for black people. I speak for the where the the birds. Give me, give me the, I don't the birds. The, um, the, I don't um, really swami think swans. They, they, I speak for the swami swans. I speak for the Hispanics. Now we're all together. What about the sweet? What about the singing yeah, see, fish? You think, the I don't singing really fish think... with the singing fish. Asian people. I speak for all these groups. <laughs> right? Who gives a shit? I speak for all these groups. Well, we're who all works. together. Now we can fight together instead of yeah, always they, they, be choosing one group. But what you're saying what, is what, that he what? doesn't actually care about them. He just cares about the trees, right? Because he's Two got things. no skin in the game. Because at the end of the day, he because can just the trees walk out. allow him to be the most virtuous because they have the least voice. I, he's, I he doesn't I, lose anything at the end. He just walks uh, away and says, "I told you so." I, I think you're going too far, right? Because there's, there's, I think there is like a weird way in which certain people would only speak for certain groups i don't think it's necessarily the case that they're going to go for like the most oppressed group right they just go for like the one that they like you know Major, but whatever sure. extra wire reason that's but despite why that, whatever group you know well, yeah but 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 well, whatever mean, new victim the, is being the discussed the problem is the problem is, is once you start grabbing people from all the groups you're not going to keep the people from all the groups because the 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 rich famous transsexual is going to vote for trump because she did you know, well, that's them. who that's who uh, Caitlyn Jenner voted for. Right. And and the rich. That's uh, transphobic, Marco. No, she she voted for Trump. And and I know, and, but that's transphobic. And, oh, it's not transphobic. Stop. with <laughs> the, 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 um, And then and, and, and then, you know, you you know, the the, the Herman Cain, you know, exists. Right. And and, and so so you're going to lose people from all these groups as you start trying to grab people from all the other groups. And then at the end, you're going to have 90% of humanity. They're going to have nothing in common other than they are the proletariat. And that's, that's the point. Gonna, and I, that, I, and I, that's I, 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 I just don't understand. But I, in I, the Lorax, they are the PMC all the proletariat. every one of these identity groups is a member of the capitalist class. They're not going to allow, they're not going to be interested in joining forces with other groups. But I'm okay, saying in so the context I, of the Lorax, they are all in the proletariat. They're I, all, they all have the same material relationship to the forest. Yeah, so but it'd be the easy Lorax, to organize. The Lorax I was is kidding. Obama. I, he represents, I understand. No, I'm not talking about the Lorax. The, I'm talking about the bubble, the, 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 the boogaloo look, bears. The, the Lorax, the, the Lorax. See, here's, here's the, here's the disjunction. But the you Lorax, have a disagreement here. Look, the Marco, Lorax, you're saying the PMC and the Lorax is on the capitalist side. And you're saying Always. the PMC is actually part of the working class. No, what I'm saying is all of those groups. We're saying, I'm saying that the Lorax is on the side of the capitalists. Or at, but at he belongs best, to the... At best, he do, at best, he is against the capitalists for his own self-interest. That's what the Lorax is. And his interests are psychological rather than physical. When you have all of these groups, and the one group that can't speak for itself is the trees. So for him to put forward his virtuousness, he chose the trees because they can't speak for themselves. We need to speak for the trees. But you have all of these other groups that he's forgetting about that have some agency. And if he was to get all of these groups together and say, I don't speak for just the trees, I speak for the whole ecosystem of the forest. I speak for the proletariat, oh. the workers who, who live off yeah, of but, this but, forest. Point taken, but he was but I mean, if, the, here, he was kind of doing that. But point taken, you're saying he only cares about the trees for her, his the, own interests. This junction, though, see, there there is there's a latent meaning. The Lorax speaks for the trees, but he represents the bus saws. Right? He he speaks for the trees. Well, but he doesn't he represents even think the that. People who, bullshit. 
But he represents huh. the people. Who cut, that's why he's ineffective, right? But he represents the capitalist class who wants to cut the trees down. Yeah, yeah. Obama Managers represent, represent capitalists. Obama was voted by us into office, but he represents Citibank who's trying to fleece us. Right. You know, well, but I mean, that's the contradictory it, nature, isn't it? I mean, sorry to use that piece of jargon, but isn't that the contradictory nature of the PMC? Um, they 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 represent well, yeah. the the capitalists, the class of absentee owners, but they belong to the working class, and so they're always fighting this fight with capitalists. On the one hand, like guys, you know, tone it down. You can milk this cow forever if you don't get carried away. Whereas on the other hand, they have to fight off the pitchforks from the workers and say like. Guys, don't ask for too much, or you're gonna you're gonna break the bank. Um, and so, hmm. and so you get this conflict where where yeah, um, the banks collapse, and then Obama has to give them all of the money. Yeah, but but see, here, here's here's where you're trying <laughs> to show good. it like as if they were this sort of virtuous middle of the road kind of thing, but that's not really the dynamic. No, right? I'm not saying. That, I'm saying I'm what the dynamic. The dynamic is, yo, capitalists, I want to be one of you. Right, but they don't. And, and, and they, Lorex they doesn't. They, they w- no, they don't. It's too much. Well, it's I, vulgar. I, no, I, I want to be one of you. Look, everything Obama's done is vulgar and, and too much. And he's yeah, but still- Obama is one person. We're talking about like thirty percent of the American population. It's like it's like I was watching a uh, Falcon and the and the Winter Soldier, and the Captain America guy grabs like one of the the super serum things. The the, the Captain America wannabe. And this whole there's this whole question of like if you had the serum, would you use it to become like a superhuman, right? So there's this question about like accepting or not yes. accepting power. <laughs> Everyone in the PMC, ninety nine point nine percent, they were if you could buy Bitcoin at one cent, would you buy ten a hundred dollars of it? And they'd be like, yeah, and that would make them billionaires. Right? Yeah, but but so, but so, that doesn't. So they they want that. They just can't say that they want it because it's so impossible to get there. But I don't think that their like, cognitive frame like, even it, allows that that I mean, look, look no, at no, the no. you don't you can't want the things you can't have because to want the mm. things that you can't have is 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 gaudy, is déclassé, right? Right. So that, the PMC doesn't want them, but they in their hearts of hearts, all they want is to become a billionaire. So you're saying all that they they can only have a small house, a tiny house, and so therefore they want a tiny house. Yeah, exactly. That's the tiny house movement right there. And you know, I don't want to have kids. I don't want to own anything. Right. I, of course, you want to have kids. That's why you have fucking two cats, and you like treat them like they're human beings. You know, but you can't have a kids because they're too fucking expensive. And because right? the cost of living are too high. I'm still it, not entirely convinced because be, that I think that there's a distinction to be made between so the the managerial function in capitalism gives rise to a certain uh, psychological orientation, and I think that that is different in kind from a proper capitalist. Like Bill Gates is the sort of the gray zone where they sort of mutant merv, um, uh, merge. And so you get this dorky guy who insists on still having a $10 haircut, even though he's one of the richest guys in the world, just like dinking around on his computers and talking about population control and these weird, obsessive, neurotic. They're all hoarders. But, right. But but, you get, you socially get to do that if you're at that level because you get to write your rules. Right. Right. But I'm saying if you, if you have $10 billion in the bank, you get to walk around in shorts and a t-shirt and be like, look at how quirky this guy is. Now try that if you make $100,000 a year. They're not going to put up with that shit. Try doing that at a law firm. 
but most the but, but the, I would say the the most of the professional managerial class does not consist of people who can function as a capitalist. Um, they function on the behalf of capitalists. They function for capitalists. Well, they're not capitalists. They don't have the. I mean, for various reasons. One, they don't have the balls to be capitalists. I I went to a fancy college, and I can tell you how spineless these people are. They don't have what it takes to crush human beings the way that a capitalist has to do it. That's what they I'm saying, right? It. So there's a real but they difference. They want they, but they want it. Well, they think they want it, but no, if no, they, ever- they want it. They fucking want the money. They would take it. They just don't. They're not willing to do what you need to do to get it. They would skip straight over the capitalist part and go from being managers to being rentiers, is what you're saying. And that's like a PMC yeah. thing. I mean, a, a mm. rentier is just a passive recipient of money. Like the Lorax, like every day he shows up again. It's like, whoa, Lorax didn't even see you eat. How you doing? Like, you're not working. You're not. You know, what do you do? I don't even see you comb your beard. Um, it's just like always in tip top shape. Um, and I think, well. I don't know. I just think, the, like with word PMC, we should be super, super, super careful because it gets people sling it around. Um, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I I'm at a loss here. So the the Lorax, though, I mean, he. I don't think he wants the money. Though. He doesn't want the money. He well, wants I the mean, virtue. Wait, wait. Are we talking about? The character in the movie, or yes. are we talking about what he represents? The character in the movie, no. You take him face value. He just wants to save the trees. He's just kind of an idiot. And but that's a that. lot of the real PMC people, I think, are like this. Like, like no they, one is that flat. Like, no, like uh, even the most even the most boring person I've met has some kind of unconscious man, life happening. People are satisfied at some point. Not everyone wants it all. I mean, people want a garden. People want. I mean, maybe we disagree here. Like, I don't think everyone just wants whatever they have because if they wanted more, they would be forced to admit that they, they can't have it. I think there's a point of realization where people see who they are, not consciously, but unconsciously, and they know how much they're going to be able to get based on their own attributes. And they know this is it. I've reached like my maximum sort of utility level, right? And I'm not ambitious, driven and and just just aggressive enough to get past where i am so now i just want what i have because that's the only way to be happy the the metaphysical you know the the metaphysical core of unhappiness is wanting shit that you can't have and wanting to be something that you can't be like that's the core of being unhappy right if you want to be someone who you cannot possibly be you will be forever unhappy and 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 the psychological core of perversion is is wanting whatever you have uh, and being satisfied with whatever you have. But that I think that is uh, that's that, the that's, that's the that's PMC. The, like that's the genealogy of morals move though, right? Where the priest does not want to be the master. Why? Because they know they can't be the master. So what do they want? They flip so they the values. Them. So they hate them. So they hate them. So they flip the values around, right? They want to be the master. They just know they can't. So they flip the value system around and become mm-hmm. the master. The priest is the master to the slaves, right? Like he he flips things around, and you know, and I, I'm talking about genealogy you know, morals. I don't mean it like in you know literal sense. Um, 
But he, he by flipping the values, by revaluing everything and saying that that good is is there's good bad and good evil. Now you say that good is evil and bad is good. You flip the whole script around, right? Mm-hmm. And so now the, the, the PMC is kind of a filter between the masters and the and the slave labor. The priests. So, they're the priests of uh of uh, late neoliberalism. Exactly. So you so you need yeah, they're the priests of, of neoliberalism. And they're the ones telling the slave labor, you're happy where you are. You don't, don't want to be like the masters, they're evil. You don't need more money, you hmm. need respect. Yeah, you want to enjoy your life. You want to be happy with what you have and enjoy your life. A nice tiny house. Yeah, tiny houses are in. They're cool. Fashion industry is like the most capitalist industry in the planet. It's pure propaganda. Yeah, I'm still not convinced though. I mean, okay, fine. But I think, so professional managerial class is is the group of salaried mental workers who don't own the means of production and whose function in society is reproducing the capitalist culture and class relations. I think that if you occupy that position, so you're an overhead cost, you're unproductive labor. If you occupy that position, I think sooner or later, you actually develop beliefs which you actually believe sincerely, genuinely. And I don't think it's just this self-deception and unconscious thing like, I wish I were a billionaire, but I can't. No, like you actually, like when you get- There's no difference between those things. Like It's like, come on, you've read Freud and Dijek and you've read Lacan. Like, come on. Like, there's no difference. You're trying to like- you're trying to grasp at some sort of level of authenticity that it doesn't exist in in the world, right? Like, yeah, they they really believe that, and on top of that, they also believe other shit, and they contradict each other. So what? They want to be billionaires, and they also believe that they don't want to be billionaires. So what? They have contradictions in them. They if they speak, could press a button and have ten billion dollars, they would they press speak, that button so fucking hard they would break it. They speak for the trees, Marco. Yeah, because that's what they can do. So let me ask you this, right? Because you could say the same thing about most, um, especially people who call themselves communists, that if they could press that button and they could get that $10 billion, they would take that $10 billion. But I press the different... fucking button because I right. live in capitalism. You know? Not, not just I, I that. Survive not here. just that. It's not just that you live in capitalism. It's that you know what that $10 billion could do in your hands versus a capitalist. So, yeah, but that's about power, right? Not about money. Those are, I mean, in their okay. society, money is power. But really, at that point, you're saying like, I want the power to bring about crazy change with this right. money. That's a different. That's a different sell, right? But but the Lorax doesn't want change. He wants things to stay in this manageable, okay. sustainable. No, he wants change. He wants to prevent change by changing the structure of like the right. relationships of of capital. Sustainability, he says. Look, yeah, Wunsler, this isn't I, sustainable. I think. I think Daniel has a point that the Lorax doesn't want change. He doesn't want to change the relationships of capitalism. He just wants to capitalism it, to not be there in his space. Well, yeah, but see, that's the thing. Sanitized capitalism, workplace. as instituted right now, allows the capitalists to go and cut the trees down. He wants the social right. relations that allow capital to cut the trees to be changed, to preserve the trees. Right. So it's not like it's a, it's got to right. be sustainable. It, 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 it's not an either or. Right. There's all these things operating. Right. It's it's dialectical. It's uh, it, it, so. So, yeah, he wants change, but he doesn't want change. Right. He wants to change the social relations to maintain mm-hmm. the, the natural order. The world as it is will be destroyed by capitalism. Mm-hmm. If I want the world to, oh. to stay the way it is or to or to be better 
environmentally, I have to change capitalism. Right. But let's not throw that under the bus. I mean, like, basically you're saying he's a brand manager or she's a brand manager who knows that if he or she doesn't want her cash cow to get canceled, she's got to, you know, cancel it a little bit, cancel six books to look virtuous, to keep making money from those rents, from those intellectual property rights for Dr. Seuss Enterprises. But I mean, okay, yes. Um, And so, you know, you say, look, Wansler, maybe, you know, cut your trees, but not so many. I mean, that's not actually what the Lorax says. The Lorax is far more ideologically, perversely committed to this fanatic uh, justice image. Like, don't, like, like, none it i have he has to be completely self-deceived to the point where he's not even deceived like no capitalism but i mean what let's say for instance green new deal green new deal types i mean they say this isn't sustainable or extinction rebellion i smell lorax when when you push those types when you push those types you get alexandria ocasio-cortez saying idiotic things like well we're not really socialists or something you know like some some crazy, you know, like, didn't you recently just to kind of repudiate socialism? I have no and start idea. Kind of, and, and, and start basically, like, adopting more, like, saying... Well, she said something about DSA. Uh, yeah, like, DSA is not really, like, socialist. It's just people who want to, like... It's not modify. class reductionist. Yeah, well, it's, it's not. Well, it's not. not socialist. DSA is a farce, so she's... Uh, she's but, being true yeah, but, to her constituency. Saying, no, but she's... Yes, but she's being... But she was saying that is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, like when you, she was when you deeply put, impressed. When 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 you push these people, they they show you who they are, and they're just people who know that if you are too Trumpian, you might bring about the revolution. Is that you a know? representation but, problem though? So if you're trying to finesse the media, right? You're talking. You're not. She's not talking to socialists at that point. So it's kind of like what Fox News does when they like, okay, we have Candace Owens on, we have a black person on. Um, we can talk about black shit right now. So I'm putting on my black face so I can talk to black people. And then So you're authorized to speak so that right. a manager doesn't cancel. So them. when you're AOC and you're speaking to the capitalists, you have to relate to them by saying, Yeah, we're not so socialist. But I and I I can't speak to what she really thinks. And it's fair to say that, that represent what you see is what you get. Right. No, so man. She did a 180 after the Capitol riots. One minute she's saying abolish the police, and the next minute she's saying lock those fuckers up. Like hmm. she, if she did, maybe, she say abolish the police. She said abolish ICE. Maybe she was. I think it's the milk is. Like, I think this is an Obama situation. I think people are reading things into her that weren't there to begin with. All right. I don't I'm think call, these are. Women. I'm gonna call time. We All right. Two hours, and All we're right. talking about AOC. All right, all right. We lost F- our bearings. Final thoughts. Is AOC the Lorax? Yes or no? Well, I this think she's, the final a, she's, she's Obama 2.0, so yeah. Uh-oh. I don't think so. Well, well, actually, I think she's more the Lorax, the moral side of the Lorax than Obama See, she's, was. she's Puerto Rican, so I get to say these things about her. Is she Puerto mm-hmm. Rican? Oh, you're allowed yeah. to, yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I, I. I think she's more the Lorax privilege. than Obama was, because you she speaks so? for the trees, and she speaks for. Well, she's a Latina. Yeah. So she speaks I, a weird language. Well, she's got a mystical connection to the trees, man. What's the deal with the Lorax? And she's a millennial. I think she is more of a manager, because she does use more finesse tactics than Obama did. Obama never really projected himself as. 
I'm a black man, so I'm going to speak to these black people for you. But AOC does that type of shit where she's like, I'm a Latino woman. I can speak for women. And, you know, I'm a person of color. She does well, that shit. And when, when Obama came out into the scene, you still were not allowed to do that, right? You had to sort of be this like, mm-hmm. I'm a black man, but I speak for everyone kind of thing, right? Sure. Like but what now I'm saying, with the, the develop, he actually is the one, his existence is actually to some extent what allowed this stuff that had to always be kind of sublimated to actually just be out in the open. Hmm. I think I think that the um the sort of ultra Lorax would be someone like Warren uh, rather than AOC. I think Warren is like peak Lorax. She speaks for the Indians. That's right. And she, you know, she is one sort of um so that's like the yeah. Lorax, right? He's like part um Boogaloo Bear, what are they called? Um, you know the names. Um, <laughs> They're little bears to me, right? And so they should have been. Bugaloos. I think AOC is a mutant, yeah, of a new species which is emerging, and it's not clear what it is yet. But um, it's a capitalist. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like AOC is more like the little the 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 teenage girl. Like just I like the capitalist. Trees. Oh, yeah, the one I mean, who wants a, a tree. Yeah, I want the tree. You know, because I like trees and trees are good. I don't. They're pretty. I've never seen one, but they're pretty. Right. And I like socialism because in my mind, it's pretty. I've never seen it, but it's pretty. It's good. So let's get the socialism. And I think that's most people's view on socialism. It's good. It's not capitalism. It's good. Let's get the socialism. I've never seen it. Find a tree. I'll marry the boy who finds the tree. Right. I'll marry the boy who finds the socialism, you know, and. Oh that's wait! When oh we wait! Were class, back to that's the not socialism. It's class. That's not socialism. It's it's a right. Let, coming back to the beginning. That's why motivations are important. It's good because management. If all you want is the end and you don't know why you want the end, you know, you can come out with some weak shit or some really bad shit. Like, you know, for another day. This is the last thing I'll say. Dun dun dun! I don't think the Soviet Union was great. <laughs> It was poorly managed, Just for saying, sure. You know, but I don't think the D, the DSA's version of socialism is enough. So you can have weak sauce or you can have just fucking burnt beans, you know, as your coffee. <laughs> They're both fucking awful. You know, weak tea I, and burnt beans are all right. bad. I'm going to I'm going to leave you the last word, Marco. Log us off with the, with the I don't, I don't the need a last stuff. word. Um, I, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about how. I was thinking in terms of Cuba about how one of the ways that people are told Cuba is a failure is by telling you that they don't have, you know, the same level of consumer goods that we have. But they fail to tell you, hey, they developed their own vaccine for COVID and they have healthcare for everyone. And if you want to get a doctorate, you can get it for free. Like, so it's easy in our system to to have this flashy consumer goods that don't cost that much and to show you that you have all these things available. Because you use those all the time. It's like if you gave your girlfriend one rose every day versus if you like one day she's like, I got to go to the hospital. And you're like, don't worry, I got this covered. You know, it's like a very, it's a very different, you know. So you don't go to the hospital all the time. But when you go, you better be able to go, you know. Whereas like if I get shitty coffee every day, I'm going to be all pissed off about getting shitty coffee every day, right? But then the day I got to go to the hospital, it's like, ooh, I get to go to the hospital. This is fantastic. 
Like I, I haven't been able to go to the doctor in 10 years, you know, like, <laughs> but I got fantastic coffee. That's perfect. so, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird, you know, uh, it, it, it's a seduction. It's like, it's a, it's a, their system works on the process of seducing you into thinking it's really good by doing these very minimal effort things that actually it's benefiting from you know and 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 depriving you of the things that it actually should be providing for you you know and then and then saying that guy doesn't bring you flowers every day oh.